Hello and welcome to another new episode of Two Player Bros. I'm Mike and with me as always is Dave. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> Dave, uh, why don't you tell the people uh, today what we're talking about? Final Fantasy 7 colon remake. And there will be spoilers. Oh yeah, absolutely. We can't talk about this game without story. It's a story driven game for sure. I always try to hit you guys with the warning early, <laughs> but there will definitely be spoilers in this episode. So go finish it and come back and listen because we're going to get we're going to get nasty up in here. <laughs> uh, what do you want to start with, Mike? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I want to start with. Ooh. Oh, wow. This is delicious. What is what is this called, Mike? Uh, that what you're drinking right now is called a Butte New Zealand IPA. Wow. From- Dockside Brewery in Devon, Milford, Connecticut. Wow, let me take another sip of that. That is delicious. If I wanted to learn more about this beer, where would I go? Well, Dave, funny <laughs> you should ask. Uh, I do another podcast called Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise, where you can learn all about that beer, including an interview with the brewmaster himself of the new brewery opening up May 20th. Wow. I didn't even know about the interview with the with the brewmaster. We went down to the brew pub, got a tour of the facilities, tried out all his new beers, tried out what's coming. Had a two-hour-long interview with him. It lasted so long. We're actually going to do another Dockside beer next week as well. It's going to be a two-part episode. Uh, his name is Andy Schwartz. He's very, very, very into beer. He's got 25 years experience, <laughs> and uh, he uh, really nerds out on beer. So they're two good, really good episodes that you can find wherever podcasts are available, Dave. That is awesome. I'm so happy that I decided to whore myself out for a beer to give you this plug because it Turns out you actually had something to plug. <laughs> you weren't just going to be talking about Harry Potter snakes. <laughs> nope. No pop culture in this one. Oh, you did listen to last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where are we going to start with Final Fantasy? Well, Dave, I've been telling you that I hate this game. Well, kind of giving you hints that I don't like this game. I, Other than you joking around when you came into my apartment <laughs> this evening... I had no idea. <laughs> Dave, I just want you to know, because I'm going to, this is going to be most of the podcast. This game, Final Fantasy VII colon remake, is probably the best Final Fantasy I've ever played. And I would take it as far as to say, it is probably one of the best RPGs that I have played. I'm going to say ever played, but it's been a long time since I've played a really good RPG that it's it's probably just in my mind so fresh. But I'm going to put it on like, it's it's tops. It's this game is phenomenal, and I did not expect it. I expected to like it more than the demo, but I did not expect to enjoy it. I mean, I got frustrated toward the end trying to beat it as quick as I could while you were waiting for me to do this episode, but holy shit, this game is so good. Wow. It might be the 7% alcohol in this delicious dockside beer <laughs> that I'm drinking. Too much. Tone it down. Tone it down. You just took me for a trip <laughs> because to start, I could have sworn you were about to tell me you didn't like it and... You That's took, what I was hoping for. You took me on a ride there, man. <laughs> this because I'm not gonna have too many. I'm gonna have nitpicky things to say, but I just want everyone oh, to know off the bat. Oh, we go. They're just nitpicks. <laughs> we go nitpick a, a little. <laughs> um, you are absolutely right that this game, as far as I'm concerned, is the new gold standard for JRPGs. If oh, you, for JRPGs for sure. And yeah, just RPGs in general. Even I would say. Um, not, I mean, I really just tie all JRPGs and RPGs together. Well, do, that's the thing. Like, is Mass Effect an RPG or is that just an action game? It's such a crossbreed that I don't know how to consider it. I mean, Mass Effect will always be one of my favorite video game series of all time, but um, I don't know where to put Mass it. Mass Effect is one 
150% an RPG. Okay. So it's not going to top Mass Effect. RPG RPG is kind of no longer a genre. It's just a gameplay element. I think somewhere around Baldur's Gate, (laughs) (laughs) um, people started to wean away from that stuff, you know? And then it's just like every game has RPG elements. I mean, you play like a game of Tetris on your phone and you can level up your brick speed <laughs> listen my l brick needs seven defense if i got that seven defense i could beat that square block boss <laughs> um but yeah i absolutely love this game as well and i definitely have some nitpicks as well and a lot of ranting to do at some point or another but where would you like to start today do you want to start at the nitpicky stuff and do you want to go we do we want to well, do gameplay first or story first the thing is i don't have like a list of nitpicks it's just while talking about each individual aspect of the game i'm probably gonna well why don't we talk some, about well, what's going on with this you want to talk about gameplay first because then we're probably gonna when we nerd about out about story we're just gonna just go off the rails i think so i think we should start with gameplay okay um <laughs> so you want to start with like the combat system yeah that's that's the bread and butter of any video game really all right so the reason that this game as far as i'm concerned is the gold standard for rpg RPGs going forward is the combat system. It is fantastic. Like, um, I love how they found a way to blend. I don't want to say hack and slash because it's not hack and slash, but like it's twitchy, quick, twitchy is a good word for quick, twitchy sword play or fist play (laughs) (laughs) or gun play. I'm going to stick with fist play. <laughs> That's a little more fun. <laughs> um, Tifa is by far my favorite person to control. Um, uh, see, I, we'll go into it. <laughs> um, but the fact that they were able to take that twitchy combat and then still keep the turn-based mechanics intact, like, and preserve them as well as they did. Like it blows my mind how well they were able to execute on that. Like I'm just, I'm kind of just in awe about it. Um, so you you tell me your take, you describe it if you want, so, just, just rant for me for a little bit. <laughs> so you, I think I'm, I can talk about it a little bit better because I think not better, but I think you like turn-based combat quite a bit, a lot. You think you could talk about it better than well, me? <laughs> I think I can bring to the table that I think you like turn-based combat quite a bit in a lot of games. Whereas I'm, I like Pokemon, but even sometimes like I get worn out from Pokemon for too long. Cause I'm not a huge turn-based combat kind of guy. So I've played all the final fantasies. But I would say a good, I'd say other than like three of them, I quit out before the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just gotta get bored. I get tired of it. The turn-based combat just is not something that's interest interests me. And this is the perfect blend of that twitchy combat because that's always what I'm looking for is like a twitchy game. So when it's like MMOs, I I always want to play them because they always sound really cool. But then I get to them and it's just pressing the one key and watching your guy do stuff. And I, I honestly just get bored and I can't I can't do it as much as I love everything else about the game. Now they they left. They started with the twitchy combat when and it was it in 12 or 13. Where did it begin? Because 12 was definitely there, the end of the random unseen battles. Like you could see the people on screen before you fought them in 12, right? Third uh, th- isn't 12 the online one? You talk about 13. No, no, 11 is online and 14 is online. Okay. Thir- so 13 had lightning in it, right? 13 is lightning, yes. So 13, 13, 1, 2, and 3 <laughs> all have lightning. <laughs> okay, in that's that. a lot. <laughs> 13 had like a mixture, right? Like it was kind of turn-based, 13, kind of action. 13 is definitely the not twitchy twitchy, but it is like it has the stagger meter. That's where mm-hmm. the stagger gauges started. Um, and it's definitely like a faster combat. I don't 
it's been so long since I played it though. I don't remember the intricacies of I, the combat. I believe way. it was more still turn-based ish. Um, and then after that, that 15 is, I, I want to go back and finish 15, especially after playing this one, but I stopped playing 15 cause the Xbox just really couldn't handle it that well. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the regular original edition Xbox the day one, but now that I have my X, it probably handles it better. It was just really laggy. That has twitchy combat as well, but it's also got a lot of pauses, which this game does as well. Like you can pause when you go to your other characters and tell them, Hey, do this spell, but let me look through my stuff real quick to figure out what I want to do. The blend, the perfect blend wasn't quite there in 15, but it was still pretty good. So I'd say 15 really is when they started to really like 15's combat is still really fun. Yeah. I I was never able to get into 15 strictly story wise. I started playing the game and I was like, oh, this is really cool. I started with like, like these weird, like, I don't think it was a dream sequence, but it was like this heavy action cutscene. But then like within the first 10 minutes, I was just like, moving a taxi Dri- driving in a car <laughs> with my friends and i was like i don't know if i want to drive in a car with my friends and i dropped off there's a lot of it's a lot of exploration it's very much an open world game but still like you have to figure out that it's not that open world like there is something you really have to do okay anyway talk about the combat system here in seven so we're, again we're gonna this is gonna end up being a long podcast so we want to <laughs> try to keep it moving. you're a stats guy you love stats love me some stats. this game made me love stats well, in a little bit of a way. Tell me, tell me about these stats that you love. So, because I had issues with the stats in this game. <laughs> so, so one of the things, I mean, they're still kind of nebulous. They're, they're not like exact stats and you can't really get what they do against an enemy because you can't see the enemy stats. I would go as far. So I would go so far as to say they are incredibly nebulous <laughs> because I have no idea what my stats are doing in this game, Mike. And I love I love this game, but that was one thing that was driving me crazy. It's do I want stronger magic offensive? Do I want stronger strength offensive? As far as the defenses go, I have no idea if they're making me stronger or not defense defense wise. And I just did not like that. I couldn't really get a balance for what my stats were doing. I still don't know what the best bet was. Numbers on the screen, baby. (laughs) Depends on what your build was. Yeah, but every every person you're fighting is so different that I couldn't even like figure out like my my averages for like how much is my Blazaga hitting for. With this much magic versus this much magic, you know, and I, I was getting kind of frustrated with that, not super frustrated because the game is more twitchy. The stats didn't matter as much to me, um, but I was kind of perturbed by that. Yeah, maybe that's why I like it better, because I didn't have to worry too, too much. But at the same time, I can go in and my materia is right there. And I forgot I really liked materia in the original seven, which I hadn't played in years and years and years. And in this game, it's really cool. It's like a solar three different three to four, four or five different solar systems with a sun that told you, like, if you buy these planets, which are these upgrades for multi, uh, magic power, attack power. Yeah, you're, that's not damage. That's not materia. That's the weapon upgrade system. The weapon upgrade system. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I thought that was great. I thought it was interesting too, but you had so many weapons that I was like, I'm not going to do this for every one of my weapons. So I just ended up going autofill for attack. I'm all my weapons. <laughs> oh, I, I went through each weapon. No, I, I saw you doing that when I, I was watching you play. And I was like, oh, look at him actually going in and like changing the uh, unlocking different attachments and stuff for his guns. It, was, his it changed depending on who it was because sometimes I'd want Sometimes I really felt like materia was really important, but sometimes it was like, well, I want attack power. Because clearly 
like I'd look to see how many materia slots it is, and that's how you get the magic in this game. And I'd be like, well, if this gun, obviously, like I love the Big Bertha for Barrett, and it didn't have quite as many materia upgrades as the final gun you can find in the game, and I was just like, well, then I'm just attack power. Screw the last two materia slots because I know it'll never have as much, and I kind of have what I need. Mm-hmm. Let me just upgrade there. And on top of that, I love that the weapons, which some games do this, they upgrade with you, but in this game. You don't have to have them equipped. They'll still update with you as well, which I love because it yeah, does make me forced to use a different gun other than to level up its proficiency. And every weapon has its own special move that you can unlock by doing it a handful of times. So I never felt like I was grinding. I oh, like I didn't do it until late in the game. Like when I was climbing to the top plate, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I should, I should really do this. <laughs> and then I went <laughs> throughout the top plate and upgraded everybody's guns. But I just found it so fun and so interesting and so in-depth without really nerding out about numbers which i really don't like doing in games it's part of what gets me out of diablo like i'll have fun for the first few weeks in diablo and then you'll start talking about a plus two mithril chainmail, <laughs> and i just kind of go there's math now and i just die inside <laughs> yeah the the weapons being able to come with you from the start of the game to the end was great like you start with the buster sword with cloud and that's like iconic cloud, right? Like that should be on his back. Mm-hmm, as, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a Final Fantasy VII purist. I guess we didn't talk about our history with the games. It doesn't matter that much. We're just we played them. <laughs> we've, we've played them. I've played the Midgar section of Final Fantasy VII probably four times. Anybody who's <laughs> listened to the early episodes know that my brother is a fanatic for Final Fantasy, but unfortunately he's a PC only kind of guy, so he'll never play this game. But yeah, so I got the, uh, the nail bat relatively early in the game. And I was like, this looks stupid. The now bat's awesome. <laughs> I'm not saying the attacks with it were cool. Yeah. But this looks stupid on my back. It's really dumb. So I didn't want to use it. I'm like, oh, wait, I don't need to. So I got the the proficiency ability off of it by just using that one attack four or five times. And then I just went back to my buster sword, or I guess I was using the hard edge at that point. I used the hard edge for most of the game. Uh, yeah, so did I. Unless I didn't have Aerith with me. Then I was using the twin needles i think it was called or something like that i didn't use those at all or that that at all wow Not um once. but no I, I loved that you can just bring your starting weapons with you all the way to the end of the game and they would just keep up with you as far as ability goes um yeah they had something to do they I, had something to do i will say the one thing i didn't like about that whole upgrade system is i didn't like going from my materia slot system backing out of that and then going back into my up like it all yeah. should have been in one the materia and the weapon equipment and then setting it should all have been in one screen. Yeah, it was, it was a little sloppy. Um, Final Fantasy seven, the original was like that too, where it was the actual actually navigating the systems never feels particularly great. Um, What about the materia that you were putting under those slots though? How'd you like the materia system with the leveling it up and materia was great, but I felt like, (laughs) well, here's the thing. I felt like that was a little nebulous. Like I didn't understand, like I had elemental up, for most of the time with or the elemental material with cloud with the fire or lightning or wind, whatever bad guy I was facing at the time. And basically you put that into a connected slot. You'd have connected materials, material yeah. slots, so certain things would affect it. So your sword would always have whatever element attached, but that always stayed at one star and I couldn't update it. And I, I never understood it why I couldn't upgrade that, but fire lightning, I got how I upgraded those. And it, it was just kind of like, all right. Yeah. It was- they were very vague about that too. I couldn't really figure that out either. Um, the very last battle Intel thing I have to do is just upgrade materia. And I've got like three left to upgrade. 
I just have them equipped and I'm hoping they'll upgrade eventually. But <laughs> I mean, no, it seems like no every, every once in a while a random one will upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. That happens too. Like my prayer upgraded. I've never cast prayer. Like I have it equipped because I want to level it up. Never once used prayer, the move, but it keeps leveling up. <laughs> oh, I use prayer from uh, Aerith had prayer. I use that all the time. Yeah. I know in, in hard mode, prayer becomes really important because you can't use items. Because you can't use items and it's an ability, not a spell. So, you know, you don't, it doesn't cost you any uh, MP. Oh, yeah. I stopped using for cloud. I stopped using magic other than like barrier and haste. I was just like, I think I'm done with spells with cloud now. And I was just barrier and haste with cloud. And then just abilities like uh, infinite blade and what's the one where he just does the somersault and knocks people down? Braver? Yes. Braver. Just the, the flip? Yep, the flip. Yeah. That was an interesting change. They, your character still has limit breaks, but like most of the moves you get in this game, used to be limit breaks. The whole limit break system changed over Final Fantasy VII, the original, um, and I I liked that a lot. Um, but I felt like you didn't get your limit breaks all that often, unless you were playing as Tifa, who was a beast and would fill up her limit break in a like. Oh, she's so fast. You speed up, and you just it doesn't matter that she's a little weaker. Were you using but- uh the the chi trap move before i told you to a couple times but i had only just gotten it because i didn't really equip those gloves because the metal gloves were so strong with attack power mm-hmm. that that's what she had the whole time so when i was trying to do the abilities that was one of the last ones i got and i was like oh, i gotta get that chi ability but then i was toward the end of the game and i was like i, I need her to be strong because <laughs> i i noticed you weren't using it when i was watching you i had and only I just got the proficiency like right before you got on gotcha. and watched me play so i texted you to use it and then you started using it and i'm like well, no, not on this character. This is a boss. I didn't know how to use it. <laughs> but when you use that, like their stagger fills up so quick. Um, it's it's amazing. Um, one thing that kind of irked me with the materia system is later in the game and throughout the whole game, your party's constantly like swapping around, you know, like, oh, yeah, you have these two with you. Then you have this one with you. And then it's these other two, like your party members. And they're just jumping all over the place. As a stats guy, as someone who wants the best possible builds, I felt like I kept having to throw materia around. like Steal from each other, yeah. Like, yeah, move it from one character to another and then back to another. And then it's like, okay, well, with this alignment of people, I want this person to have this and this person to have this. That by the end of the game, I was just like, whatever. And I kind of stopped worrying about the materia system altogether. And I was just hoping that I would have what I needed when I got there. Especially with the magnify materia. You only get one of them. That's Mm -hmm. the one that splits your spell into three separate casts. Yeah. So obviously that works amazing for a cure because you can cure. That's how I use the Aerith and cure. That's why I use the yeah, as a healer. It's also amazing on haste to boost your entire party with speed. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. It's also <laughs> great. I mean, I want to say it's, it's as good, but on attack spells or just even your barrier barrier or whatever, you only get one of those in the entire game. So I felt really handicapped with that one material because it, that was the most valuable material by far for me. So I was constantly just moving in between characters for whatever I wanted to do. And at the end, I was just really. By the end, I was so frustrated with that. I just stopped worrying about it. But I wish you can get multiples of certain materials and maybe it's a balancing issue. They're like, you can't have that many. You're so strong. You'd be so powerful. <laughs> but I was disappointed with that. I was OK with I mean, I didn't really worry about that too much swapping between characters. If it was somebody else's, I would be like, all right, somebody else's. I've got cure. I've only got cure instead of cure or whatever. Toward the end of the game, like at Shinra's place, and then I was like swapping between characters because I was like, at this point, I need Cure and Kiraga. Cure sucks. Yeah, I just use high potions or whatever. 
see with all the green materials it wasn't an issue because you can get so many of them mm-hmm. that it it didn't matter it was literally just those link materials that were driving me crazy the blue ones I'll just because they were so limited yeah Aerith. and if Aerith has it that's cool i'm sure i'll have her again soon and barrett's such a tank that if i had barrett with me i was like i don't even need heal i got my boy barrett big boy barrett <laughs> big boy barrett this <laughs> is his steel skin doing barrier doing um what was it lifesaver he's a tank so you mainly stayed as Cloud while you're playing for the most part? I would mostly be Cloud. I would switch to Barret. If I really need an ability, I'd switch over to Tifa and just do, 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 get my ability. She's like, she has haste equipped just naturally because she's so strong. Yeah. Um, against regular enemies, Tifa's great. Against bosses, I found her a little... Get, she got smacked around easy, even mm-hmm. though she's still really great. But I would mostly stick with Cloud because yeah. he was the most fun with the sword. But Barret's, Barret's maximum fury mode made me a, a Barret believer. I was like, Bear was, Bear was kind of fun. And then I got Maximum Fury where he just unleashes two clips of his gun into everybody. Yep. I was like, this guy is unstoppable. <laughs> um, he was a really big tank. One thing that would kind of throw me off, though, is whatever character you were controlling was always the enemy's top priority. That is a nitpick I had. That it, it's, it's too much. I get that it should be the focus, mm-hmm. but not to the point where it's a laser focus. But yeah, so I would have like Barrett's, you know, he'd be specked out to be my tank. But I'm playing as Tifa, who's very much like a glass cannon. And as soon as I switched to her, she's the focus. And I couldn't seem to get them to like, even with even using provoke and stuff, I couldn't get them to just get off me. It was always whatever character I was controlling, even though I wanted them to be, you know, focusing on Barrett. And I was, I just didn't, I might be doing something wrong there. I've noticed with, with the bosses, it seems to be, Whatever they want, the developers want. Like with the when I was fighting the tank guy toward the end, the tank guy, very specific, Mike. <laughs> How many tank guys? I, are there I in don't this remember game? <laughs> the the giant tank, the big mine tank at the end in the Shinra building when you just Barrett and uh, Aerith. When I did that with the tanker, he'd only go after Barrett, no matter what. But when I was fighting Sephiroth, it didn't matter how many times Barrett's like, "Yo, yo, right here, right here, right here." <laughs> Sephiroth was just like. Now I'm going after whoever you're controlling. That's why I was like, because you randomly get people in the last fight with Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. It's whoever they choose. What do you mean you randomly get them? So when you're fighting Sephiroth at the end, you're Cloud, and then you get one person, and then you get two people. Apparently, it's completely random who you get. Oh, is it? So I got Tifa and Barrett. I was lucky to get Tifa and Barrett twice. Because I don't think Aerith would have been. Well, Aerith was my heel, and I, I turned out I kicked his ass with Barrett. Well, that's, the Cloud, thing, but. I, that's the complaint I had is they told me before the fight, gear up everybody. like. This is it. So I geared up everybody and I never played as Aerith and Aerith had my magnified materia set to cure. Mm-hmm. So I never end up even having my most valuable move during the end fight because I never, never got her in the battle. Could have randomly got her. If I had had, if I had Aerith instead of Tifa, I would have been fine. But if I had an Aerith Tifa cloud mix, I would have, I don't think I would have had a fun time with Sephiroth. <laughs> Sephiroth, I'd be in two moves or two times. One, one of his last moves toward the end is kind of cheap. Two moves. Two, two. I beat him in two times. It took oh, me two tries. You tried twice. I tried twice. <laughs> I like, I like the idea of you considering your life a move. <laughs> <laughs> but he did like this, the meteor move toward the very end that he does, wiped my whole team out, and I was like, ah, just sleep on out. <laughs> it didn't get me that mad though, because I got him that far. So I was like, I can do this. Yeah, I died to him once as well. So I got him on my second try. The first time he was about to be dead, but I was a little bit too slow, and the meteor came down. Mm-hmm. Um. The second time he was down to like a two count. And I just was like, 
he's got to go. So I uploaded like <laughs> every August spell I had on him on every character for a little bit. And uh, it took care of it. Yeah. Cloud was almost dead. And I was like, should I heal? No, screw it. <laughs> Use your infinity blade. <laughs> no, see, That's a risky move. I saw you do that when I was watching you and like, you're just like going for it. Sometimes I'm like, dude, step back. Heal. <laughs> that's the thing. Once after when you left the game, I was like you said, I was brave, but dumb. <laughs> I, I It got me through toward the end of the game. And then. Well, that was that was when you were at like 50 HP with no ATB and you just charged it, Rufus. <laughs> like, what what else am I going to How am I going to charge this ATB is not going up? I it, didn't have haste on cloud at that point. So it's it, like <gasps> it charges by itself. So like you just run around. He's very easy to avoid. <laughs> and then you'll get the heal. Whatever. And then I spec him out to have haste and barrier. And I was like, all right, let me do this. And then I still just I, I know you could block, but I'm not. A, you know me, man. I don't block. <laughs> I rarely use the block either. One thing that's cool about um, you're talking about how the earlier you said what the developer chooses as far as who's in your party or who they want to fight rather. Mm, yeah. Who they uh, charge after. Yeah. I didn't notice this myself, but I found out after the fact when you fight rude, the guy with the sunglasses, mm -hmm. um, if you play as Tifa, he won't attack you because like, I guess like in the lore of Final Fantasy. He's got a very big crush on Tifa. <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting fact. I don't know. If, I don't even know if that's true, but that's just what I had read online. And I thought that was pretty funny. That is pretty interesting. If it's true. So I guess like a, a trick for hard mode during that fight is to swap over to uh, Tifa and just beat him up. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Well, one of my favorite fights was against. I can't remember. I, I didn't write his name down like Tomb, Tomb Boy, Tomb Maroon, the little turtle guy with the, the, the robe. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a Final Fantasy staple. Yeah. With the knife. I just love how they introduce him. Oh, you're in trouble now. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> this Kermit the Frog in a robe and a kitchen knife did, is coming at you slow. Did you fight any Kakitars? No, and I saw a screenshot of one uh, online, so I, I'm sure he's out there. I think he might be involved in a summon, but I didn't get that, and I didn't ever see him in a fight, so I was kind of disappointed about that because he's a staple as well. Yes, I was waiting for a Kakitar. I love Kakitars. Yeah, that, that little gremlin guy was, was fun to fight. Because he was very, he was easy to fight, but he was also kind of terrifying. As long as he wasn't facing you. I died the first time because he was facing me. And I was just like, oh, shit. Um, for as great as the combat system was and all that stuff was. The one this is the really the only thing I'm going to complain about for the rest of the podcast. I just have to get it out there. OK, the. Again, the combat was so it was just gorgeous. Like it just really is beautiful the way it plays. Mm -hmm. I love it. I don't understand why this game decided to be a PS2 game when it comes to things like hanging from the ceiling and like crawling on, a, you know, monkey bars. Oh, the, the robotic or, or like the moving the hands in the tunnels or like the lever pumps or like the pressing switches at the same time. The game is so good and it moves at such a good pace the whole time. I those ruin it. <laughs> and they throw, throw these weird things in that just don't feel good. They're clunky. Hey, you, clear this sewer line. <laughs> we might we might be on different pages about this, but during the motorcycle segments, I think they're awful. I really think the motorcycle is awful. And the fact that I don't know if you realize this once you beat it and you unlock hard mode, you it tells you, it. oh, you could skip those now. If the developer doesn't think that they're worth playing, don't have them in the game. I think they let you skip them because they're not worth, you can't get, you don't really earn anything from them. So what's the point? You can't use your spells yeah, or anything Yeah, and you like don't that. have a good time with them either as far as I'm concerned. I thought they were, I really liked the first one and I liked the second one up until the last boss of that second motorcycle chase. I thought they were a nice change of pace. 
But that boss at the end of that motorcycle fight is, which that's a nitpick I'll get into. But that boss at the end of that motorcycle fight took like forever and he wasn't going to kill me. <laughs> it was just taking so long. I get it. <laughs> kill the wheel, smack the guy. Kill the wheel, smack the guy. <laughs> ah, um, the motorcycle segments in this are definitely better than they were in the original because that is something that was in the original game. I vaguely recall I being remember. in the original. I was like, oh, this motorcycle. That's right. Battletoads. There was only one. It was when you were leaving Midgar. Mm-hmm. There wasn't one early where you fight Roche. Not Roche. Roche? I think it's Roche, yeah. No. Roche, Reno. Yeah, Roche. Roche, okay. Because Reno and Rude are the... I like Roche as a character. He, he pissed me off at first and I was like, wait. Yeah, I'm this guy's weird. I like him. He's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, But that segment in the original is god awful just picture going back to try to play because it controls very similar to what you played but imagine that on ps1 <laughs> with you know no joysticks or anything well see that's like i want to go back and like you went back and played a little bit of the midgar sections on on because you bought the game the original version and went back and played some midgar i i played i'm kind of like I, I i really wanted to do that see i i played final fantasy 7 to completion when it came out i didn't even realize i beat it when it came out until i was playing the remake and i started like looking at youtube videos and stuff and I saw the ending for the original Final Fantasy VII. And I'm like, holy shit, I've seen this. <laughs> that <laughs> I is, did that. <laughs> I, I have beat that as well. Yeah, I, the, I remember the ending and I, I remember the general broad strokes of the story, but I don't remember Midgar as much because they obviously add so much to Midgar. Well, with this. Midgar, I've replayed Midgar on PSP on Switch last year when it came out for, Final, for when Final Fantasy VII released on Switch. And then again now. So I've done Midgar four times <laughs> so i i knew all the beats of midgar going in so that was uh fun to see how it how it compared um well i think we're almost like but most of the gameplay is done i i also have a the other complaint i have is the characters move kind of weird they during fights i have no issues with it but just like watching them run around outside of combat did you have so trouble getting bizarre. on ladders sometimes getting like on, running past them <laughs> getting on ladders obnoxious holding triangle on anything i don't think i ever clicked on anything the first time i tried to click on it i i gave up on trying to double click it i just held it and was like you're going to activate this and eventually they did and then i guess it's kind of in the same vein but during the tifa segment in the shinra building where you need to hop up on the car and like go up on the pillars i could not see the little blue arrow that indicates to hop on the front of the car I ran around that area for probably 10 minutes before I finally got up there. I looked it up. I got, I got, Oh, bored. you were in the same situation. I looked it's at it. I looked at it for two seconds. Cause I was in a rush and I was just like, well, fuck this. It's <laughs> the headlights of the car, like are shining on the, the arrows. So you kind of miss them. They kind of get lost. In the that, headlights okay. Of the car. Cause I didn't see them at all. I just was like, all right. So it's the far right car. I'm d- I'm good. Well, that's the thing. I, <laughs> after like 10 minutes, I looked it up too. And it's like, hop on the car. I'm like, no, I tried to hop on all the cars. <laughs> so I went over to the car and I'm like, oh there it is but i had tried that i had tried to go on top of the cars and it wouldn't let me yeah it's a, it's a, it needs to be a little smoother yeah and the last complaint i have in terms of gameplay is well i don't like the ducking under stuff and the going shimmying through different things is slow but i know that that's because they're loading environments so i get that and i'd rather have that than a loading screen but that always kind of like are you talking about vents or more than that vents when you're trying to like let's say you're going to the kids section in like sector five. Oh sure sure yeah. and anything I like that, that which i know they're they're hiding a loading screen which i'm more fine with than actually watching a loading screen 
And I, I know that PS5 and Xbox One X apparently will basically, according to them, eliminate loading screens, which I'm excited about because that might eliminate that. I believe maybe they're doing that for the the kids encampment in the Shinra building. That's not what they're doing. That's just a part of Final Fantasy VII because the events are in Final Fantasy VII there as well. So the events pissed me off, but they were oh they, they oh they, they were a, me off they were one and done, <laughs> but they are slow. Yeah, very slow. Uh, and then you you watch this one group of people talking in the rooms, and then when they finish talking, they go, "Well, now let's wait for the president to get here," <laughs> just because I didn't have an excuse to stop dialogue. <laughs> they just sit there and don't say anything. If you just sit there, <laughs> there's a lot of fun dialogue in this. And my last complaint would be the I love the combat. Some of the combat takes so long. Like some of the fights are just dragged out. Mm-hmm. especially toward the beginning of the game where you don't have a lot you can do. Like you were talking about that first fight, which I had already played in the demo. The first fight with that spider boss takes forever. Cause you have two moves and you just copy pasting those two moves over and over and over and over. <laughs> and it's like, I get some of the last little later fights take a little bit and that's fine. But those like the, the fight when you're Barrett and Aerith against the tank also takes, it's, it's a longer fight. Cause he's got a few stages. But you're constantly switching between numerous moves and numerous skill sets. But I found a lot of the, the battles, even against like the lizard guys in the sewers, just took a long time. The lizard guys are my least favorite enemy to fight in this game. The ones that turn you into the toad. I do like that. they turn The toad turning you into the, the funny toad is their one saving grace. But even that gets annoying after a while. They're, they infuriated me with that. And then using like bubbles on me to like just like slow me down or like maybe fall asleep. You can use bubbles against them, though. <laughs> When you're the toad. When you're the toad. Yeah. No, I, I, they were my least favorite thing to fight for sure. You can get amulets that make you the toad automatically. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I guess while we're talking about this stuff, before we talk about the story and characters and stuff, uh, the side quests were a huge drag. I did not enjoy a single side quest I did. I, I enjoyed some of them because they ended up being funny. I, I'll tell you this. Well, this kind of combines into the story mode. I told you I hated Cloud at the start of the game because mm-hmm. he was just a bunch of, huh? 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 And it wasn't until we did a quest where we were fighting were rats and it just was so fucking long. And I'm just fighting these easily killable were rats. And at some point, Cloud just went, fuck this. <laughs> and, I, and he goes, no, it's fuck this. This sucks. <laughs> and I was like, it does suck, Cloud. Are you sure you're not conflating things? Because he says this sucks when you're looking for the cats. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe it's the cats. When and you, I thought when you find the last cat, he goes, this sucks. <laughs> and I was just like, never mind. This is my dude right here. He knows what's up. And oh, I think his reactions to a lot of the side quests and a lot of the game that I also hated, like he had, like even the most ridiculous parts of the story too, his reactions were like spot on. Yeah, I just, I was just kind of, perturbed by the side quests i ended up skipping most of the ones in 14 because i wanted to i was so excited to like keep the story going i was like i'll come back to these after i beat the game and you unlock the chapter select i went to go back to do the side quests and you have to start the chapter over from the beginning you can't just choose those side quests to do individually when does 14 start i don't even remember 14 starts with everyone except for Aerith in Aerith's house that's the beginning of chapter 14 um I don't even know how long the chapter is like start to finish without the side quests. I was just annoyed that I had to start at the very beginning because then you have to watch, which is a great scene and we'll talk about it later. Um, you have to watch the flower bed scene. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that takes time. I mean, I guess you could skip it, but I can't skip it because it's such a good, a good scene. scene. <laughs> um, so I, I still haven't done the, the side quests in 14 other than like two or three of them out of the nine. The, did you I, do the underground wish, under the park one? Underground under the park. You go back underground where you found wedge. Oh or, yeah, I did that. Was that a side quest? That was a side quest. That's fun. I like that. Was, that. that was a great mission. That's one of my favorite missions in the game. Cause those back, bad guys are good. I take back what I said about hating all the side quests. Cause I actually really enjoyed that. There are a couple that are fun that are just like mini dungeons or you go back and you re-explore a dungeon in a way you haven't done before. Mm. But most of them are fetch quests. Yeah, that I didn't, suck. <laughs> I didn't want to find the kids. I didn't want to find the chocobos, even though I think the chocobos were actually marked on my map. I just didn't feel like doing they it. They were. It just took a while, but it was fine. Actually, you fought some interesting... For Surrounding each chocobo is an interesting fight, except for one chocobo is not surrounded by a fight. Okay, maybe I'll... I'll I'm still probably going to go back and do it. I've been replaying the game on hard mode. I'm on chapter four now, I think. Um, I'm on the fence if I'm going to keep doing hard mode. I don't like that you can't use items. That seems a little lame if they just make the enemies harder. I don't get that. That's the thing is like it, what I would have liked from hard mode would have been the ability to choose any three party members I want at any time. Because who cares about the story at that point? Yeah. yeah. And like still obviously during cutscenes and stuff, pretend that Aerith isn't there if she's not supposed to be there. But just let me run with my favorite party through the game, through every combat encounter scaled in a way to where you know i can be challenged yeah but i think just saying okay now you can't use items is a weird way to say the game is harder items are a big part of the game and honestly if your game was harder i'd have used things like antidote and remedy and yeah i I don't use those (laughs) well that's the thing the only thing i ever used anyway for the items so i guess i shouldn't be that upset was it was Phoenix Downs. I'd use Phoenix Downs and I would use ethers. I wouldn't even use mega potions. I would just always use Cura. To oh, I would use mega potions up. a lot because it's just quicker. I found Cura it, takes it a was, little bit longer than sir, using Sir, it potions. was not quicker because <laughs> using items from your inventory was a slog. I didn't find out until after I was done with the game. If you hold down L1, the quick slog, yeah, you can actually use multiples at once. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Oh. They don't ever tell you that in the game. Uh, they do. Well, this is the other thing. All the hints are in the loading screen. So you have to know to press the direction pad to see the hints. Half the hints they don't give you about the game. I don't read hints, Mike. I don't read <laughs> hints. I'm a pro gamer. <laughs> um, so those are nitpicks. I think I'm just trying to think if that's everything I have about anything non-story, non-character. As a non-story, non-character, I will say that we're not playing on PlayStation Pros. And the game oh. is still absolutely gorgeous. The game is gorgeous. I know it's become a kind of a meme on the internet, but the doors really bother me because it does happen. There are probably three or four doors in this game that looked like they were PS one doors. Like there just was no texture on these doors. I noticed a couple of times things didn't load in, but I never noticed anything where things would never, ever load in the door of clouds apartment. Mm-hmm. No it was, texture. It was just a PS one door every time. And it was really jarring because the game was so beautiful on top of it. Yeah. And actually this is a good thing. We didn't really talk about the world yet. Go go on about the world. What? <laughs> <laughs> the world. Um, absolutely gorgeous. Because the whole game is Midgar, a lot of the environments do tend to run together. Um, mm, somewhat. You're always in like this kind of steampunky slum, which I'm okay with, I think. But it, it I do wish you can get some more variety. I guess that's the problem with taking 
five hours from a 40 hour game where they explored all these different locations because Final Fantasy seven has, you know, deserts and forests and mountains and it's got glaciers. the whole gamut. Of, yeah. It's got everything. This was like this one environment from that game. It would have been nice if they could have mixed it up a little bit more. And I would have been OK. Well, I would have been happier if the slums felt a little more lived in. How did you feel about that? Did you feel like they were it was a living world that you were playing in? I liked that there were a decent amount of people. I liked that the people didn't. They were a little less textured than the main characters, but not so not too much. So I, I enjoyed that. There were fully realized characters who can kind of push me and I can shove them. I felt like it was mostly lived in. I did feel like some of them seemed to be working, but some of them seemed to be just dicking around. But it seemed like there were people everywhere, which I enjoyed. I, I would say like the difference between Sector 5 and 7, there's just, no difference. <laughs> well, I was going to say it's just different enough because 5 is definitely a little cleaner. There's not as many buildings and stuff. It's kind of... Well, it's got the kids. It's got the garden. It's a little more. Yeah. It's like a little more rustic than the other ones. I mean, maybe I'm just like thinking about Aerith's house more than anything. Well, Aerith's house is actually gorgeous. When you enter that area and you see the water, yeah, the fish in the water, and you see the flowers and everything, that was like wow. I think the fact that the game opens up with this really incredible cutscene, which is the same way the original opened up, where it's just like a bird's eye view of the desert and then it comes up to this giant city mm -hmm. and then it zooms into the city and you see Aerith in the street. In that cutscene, there's tons of cars driving around. You're literally like in almost like it's like New York city, you know, like a, yeah. a weird, like sci-fi New York city, but it's like a huge sprawling city that you're in. And then once you're actually in the game moving, you're kind of in a, not a ghost town. There are people around, but it doesn't, ever live up to that expectation that the cutscene set for me at the beginning. And I know it's a nitpick. Like it, the world is, if it wasn't for the cutscene, I'd be happy with it. <laughs> um, but it, the world did feel kind of small in that sense. Like the environments I was in sector seven, didn't feel like, you know, spoilers for the story we're going to go into anyway. Yeah. When the plate falls, they said there's 50,000 people in sector seven and there's 10 people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad for the, 40 people we killed, but I don't, or not we killed, but that, that passed Shinra away. Called, yeah. I don't believe 50,000 people died. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the, they're all upset about. We evacuated most of the people. It's like I evacuated. I saw 20 people run out of there. <laughs> it was everybody. <laughs> I, I will agree with that. I, I will say that the couple of times you do go topside, uh, one time you're going to Jesse's parents' house and there's nobody. It's literally nobody's out at night, which mm -hmm. is a little ridiculous. But when you're outside after you destroy the first Mako reactor and you see all your devastation, you just walk around the city. The city is gorgeous. It's wet. It's stony. It's dark. But the lights are hitting everything. That lighting in that area, because everything in the Sector 7 and 5 slums are just really well lit because they just got those big lamps. Mm -hmm. Like That was awesome. And I thought that was great. I will say I did feel like it was a little lazy getting up to the top plate. I was just kind of like, let's cobble some stuff together. It doesn't make too much sense. And the end, when you're walking across the bridge to Sephiroth, the bridge clearly is supposed to be ending, even though it's supposed to go on forever, and it's just drawn smaller. <laughs> and it's just like, you could have just stopped me from walking this far. <laughs> but everything about like the rest of the graphics really good. Stopped me from walking this far. That's actually another thing that would bother me. On a mission where I had a certain place to go, if I went the wrong direction, it would just put up a big warning and tell me I couldn't walk over there anymore. Yeah, I didn't like that. And yeah. I was like, uh okay <laughs> like toward like 14 and i think 12 the world really opens up and you can really go from like wall market yeah the first chapter you're in wall market which isn't 12 
might be 11, 10 or 11. I, you can actually go back through sure. chapter sector five and all that. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Maybe it is kind of open world for the first time. I was like, oh, okay. Four, I'm not forced into stuff. 14 is the open world. That's yeah. where you can literally go anywhere, except for the fact that sector seven doesn't exist anymore. All right. <laughs> um, but you can go to, you can go anywhere other than the top plate. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, cause I'm hoping that's the thing is like, well, we can get into our hopes for the sequel, but I hope that I, I like more of that open world stuff, but still kind of a little bit honed in more mass effecty where it's big zones, but not quite like I don't need a sprawling 85 kilometer place to walk. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then the very last thing about the world, it's kind of story based, but it's just the world. One thing I just want to, give them props for is they fixed Shinra HQ during the original, the HQ section. If you haven't played in a long time, you probably won't remember. I haven't played since it. Came there out, were so. all these stupid puzzles there. Like you had to like walk around libraries and like find certain books to find out the password for the mayor and stuff. Um, and then there yeah. was like weird world map that you had to like fill in. And it was like this weird slog and that's just completely gone. And i and God bless them for that. <laughs> I just want to say that while we're there, because because the HQ is way better this time around, as in my opinion. I um, did like that your customization options popped up, like your weapons popped up, but I was a little upset that your armor didn't show up. If your weapons are going to change, why not your armor? I didn't notice. Like if I'm going to wear armor? this band or a headband, I should see the headband. I should see the bulletproof vest. That was kind of like... <sighs> I just want to see some stuff or at least give me some customization options. I just feel like that's kind of like a given now in RPGs. There were a couple of times where Cloud's sword would change to his buster sword when I was doing the hard edge. Uh, so I'd go to I cinematic, noticed. which is like, that's not the sword I used. <laughs> but there, those are small nitpicky things. All right. Let's move on. Story time. Where do we go here? We're gonna talk about the story or talk about the characters or let's go the overarching story and then go well, let's go character by character and then we can go in the story. Nah. I feel like story first would probably be best. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um so I guess you start because I don't really know where to start. Okay. I, I mean I'm gonna be more generalized because like I said, I've I haven't played this game in years, but I really enjoyed the story. I think Final Fantasy VII has one of the more enjoyable stories. It it, it gets pretty anime-y at times but i think it, all the final fantasy stories do and i think that final fantasy 7 hones it in a little bit more and channels it into less broad strokes less just confusing stuff to be confusing and a little bit it explains it a little bit better in a less cheesy way generally in, in the original seven but even then seven gets a little heady a little weird toward the end as well with sephiroth and cloud yeah well that's that, that was something that kind of irked me it i might even say i don't I still don't know how I feel about things when they escalate in this game, but 95% of this game is this really grounded personal story about this group of, you know, four or seven people will say, or that's a rough number, but you know what I mean? Just Avalanche. very few like characters. Yeah. And it's this really personal story between all of them and, and them trying to take on this like giant evil corporation. And then chapter 17, chapter 18, it starts to get real heady. Who cares about Mako anymore? And 17 gets heady. Then 18 just gets, you know, like Kingdom Hearts style, like super anime fighting through space nonsense. And I don't, I think that's a little weird. 
but well, I do like where that's going because I think that makes that that's going to yeah, make well, this very much more interesting now. Um, do we want to talk about the story? Like, probably not beat by beat. That seems like a waste. Well, I think I mean you you've got it like on the head in that it's it's a story about avalanche versus Shinra. It's it's a, it's about capitalism versus doing like what's right, what's right for the the planet. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just trying to think of a way to talk about it where it's an interesting discussion for us, you know, cause this is a, <laughs> cause this is a, this podcast is a conversation between you and what? me. What? I haven't been listening to you this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I just got this next cool thing to say to our, to our listeners. Just waiting for a pause. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm just saying like, we're, it's expected that anyone listening to this has played the game. So I don't know if we need to talk about the story that specifically. No, we don't. Because it might not be that interesting to listen to. Okay, so Cloud gets off a train. <laughs> um, I, I don't remember Barrett and Cloud being such dicks to each other at the very start of that game. Oh, no. The, they I mean, hated each other, for sure. I, I, But I remember them starting to like each other a lot faster. No, no. It does take a while this, still in the original. This happens way faster in this game. Um, In fact, by the time Midgar ends, there might be like one or two lines of dialogue where it's like, oh, maybe they're getting okay. In this game, they definitely get along way faster. And if you get a specific scene, we'll talk about it in a bit. Just to know that that flower bed scene. Oh, you do it three different times. Three different characters. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know which character you got there. We'll get there. But okay. Um, that'll be that'll be the who do you ship segment. <laughs> <laughs> so their relationship was really good. Um, how? I just don't know how to talk about it. I don't know where to start, where to go. So when the game starts, look, you just be my be my shepherd here. You're supposed to be the host of this one. <laughs> so Cloud comes to the city. He's he's done his thing. He's an ex-soldier now. Cloud gets off a train. He gets, <laughs> he gets off a train. He's working with Avalanche. He doesn't want to work. He just wants to get paid. But he's helping Tifa out. For the right price. <laughs> but clearly, like, dude sucks at being a mercenary. <laughs> dude, can we talk? How... Does he think that helping someone find their cat is going to like get them real cool mercenary deals? Because Tifa said, it just, it's, it's networking, man. <laughs> just and find that cat. Later on in the game, I think it might be Wedge mentions that, you know, how Cloud doesn't like kids. He goes, that's funny because you're very similar. <laughs> and Cloud really is a child. He's <laughs> a child with this whole game. Like he knows nothing other than fighting. And it's just, it's hilarious to see him try to be this mercenary, like for money. For what money, Cloud? <laughs> I was like, what, what are you doing? So, you know, fuck talking about the story. Let's let's talk about the characters. Because I don't know. How do you just how do you feel about Cloud in general? Let's talk about his beats. I never liked Cloud in the original Final Fantasy. I thought he was the least interesting character, and I couldn't care less about his history with Sephiroth, his weird I got a soul in me, I'm a ghost guy thing. I, I <laughs> He sucked. I'm a ghost guy. <laughs> and in this one, Don't it really starts know. with him. He's basically just, huh? What? what? But like I said, he starts. <sighs> this game does such a good job at seeing this guarded heart that's in him. And like this, like, I, I'm i a nice guy, but it, 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 it hurts to kind of get it out there. That I really enjoyed. And his his comments, like I said, he's more your window into the world than most other characters because of the his reactions to certain things around the world. And this is probably because you can voice act everything now is just spot on with you know this sucks or uh that was fucking weird <laughs> stuff like that that they say 
There's a lot more swearing that I remember in the original game too. I think I have such a potty mouth that I didn't even notice that they were swearing. <laughs> they were just, I just block curses out. <laughs> but uh, like he was just a little bit more endearing this time than just some nameless character that you know you can name at the start of your game. Mike, Dave, you know whatever you want to call him. Yeah, he's Cloud. He is. Cloud. And he's got a, a more set personality than I think I had seen before. Which I think Final Fantasy VII and in some cases VIII had the same issue where your character was more a blank slate for you to project upon. And that's kind of stopped with Zidane in Final Fantasy IX, although you could still rename him. He was really this weird monkey boy. <laughs> we can rename characters definitely in 10. I don't know about after 10. Yeah, but I think after that, they really had a personality. Titus, or whatever you end up naming him, absolutely has his, yeah. own, his own thing going. One thing that was really cool about knowing Midgar from the original as much as I do and playing it like side by side with this is you see these like little moments with the characters like between Jesse and cloud, you see these tiny little moments and you never really pick up on them as being like flirtatious or romantic, but then to see them actualized in seven where it's like fully voice acted and, and, you know, mocapped or whatever. It's like, Oh, they were always going for the, you feel like they were always going for that. They just couldn't express it. I got that same it's, thing. Yeah, it's like a mute person learning to talk like they they <laughs> figured out how to express themselves in that way. You know that I, I them I remember from the other game, the most of the avalanche crew. Mm -hmm. I kind of I was kind of sad when Jesse died. I was really hoping she'd be my girl. I was kind of into <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I guess. Um, let's stay in cloud for the moment. He's our main character, so that's fine. Yeah um he because i really i really haven't talked about everything you said is how i feel about him you can definitely tell he's like this this person that's so afraid to be vulnerable but he's he's kind of a poos poos like <laughs> he's he's not the tough guy that he's trying to be i mean really he's not not to talk about future spoilers but he's not the person that he is thinks he is he thinks you he, know? yeah um so you can see that he has like this real vulnerable side that he's like just not willing to to open up and you see it like in these brief moments with tifa or the high fives with Aerith. i just absolutely i love that that it's was great. so well done <laughs> i can just gush about that for a couple minutes but i'm not going to but just you know her going for one and him going huh with this typical cloud nonsense <laughs> yeah. and then later yeah, maybe next time <laughs> and then later he holds his hand up and she's confused. <laughs> he just, he's not and then he it. just pulls his hand down until finally at the end. And this is what I really love at the end when they finally get the high five. It's one of those hold triangle to do it. Like yep. you need thing. to actively decide it's time to high, high five, five this person. And it's just these really sweet moments between them. It's great. And I love the moments where he flashes back to Tifa and him as kids because it she really used to be a cowboy, by the way. I saw that. <laughs> So I'm mad there's no unlockable costumes. I want Cowboy Tifa. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just that character where he's a kid is the character he still is as a soldier. He just knows how to fight. Mm -hmm. But he's still that little kid who doesn't want anybody to know what he's thinking or feeling. And it's kind of adorable. And it, like I've said before, and you've said it's endearing. Yeah. And it makes him so much more relatable than these weird balloon man pixels that he was in the original game. And then we talked about the relationship with Barrett. Um, 
it's it's time for who does who do you ship with cloud it's it time for that well not not quite yet but it's nice to see with barrett <laughs> like barrett is this very like you know blustery guy and none of the characters other than cloud like i like that cloud calls him on it you know oh yeah it's like what are you talking about <laughs> they let him do his speeches down, yeah or he's talking about he's making some speech he goes you should really worry about the next five seconds rather than you know the planet after this or whatever yeah. oh that's that right after they bomb the uh the first ma- mako reactor yeah, yeah. Like, you should really worry about the next five seconds i would have just come in here and just blown everybody up that's why we didn't let you make the plan i okay so i guess what i want to talk about we have to touch on the flower bed scene in a second one thing that really drove me crazy i didn't who did you get for the flower bed scene we, we wanted to talk about it specifically but which character did you get when you played i got Aerith. you got Aerith. okay I got Tifa the first time. Of the three scenes, the Barrett one, have you watched them or no? I read a b- briefly about what the Barrett scene inhales, but I haven't actually watched it. No. The Barrett scene, uh, all three scenes are great. I've watched them probably three or four times on YouTube now. <laughs> all three of them are great. I feel like the Barrett one is so fucking important to their relationship, way more than the Tifa one, way more than the Aerith one, that it's a real. It's a real, real, real shame that you don't get that scene or a moment like that unless you make these specific choices or lack of specific choices throughout the game. Yeah, because like I didn't get that scene the first time and I could tell that they were warming up to each other. But late in the game, when they're talking about when this is over, we have to rebuild Sector 7. Um, We have to rebuild Seventh Heaven. And one of them makes a comment. I think it's Barrett that makes the comment. He goes. And you know, maybe you can help cloud and cloud makes the, you know, yeah, for, for a price. price. And I know that like everyone, everyone in the scene takes it as a joke. Yeah. Even he smiles. Yeah. And he, he, says, yeah. And he, he does smile after it, but the relationship that I was perceiving between them at that point, Barrett should have knocked him the fuck out because <laughs> I, the way I read the scene was not like, Oh, that's cute. It's like, screw you. <laughs> I didn't see them as having that close of relationship yet where he wouldn't be pissed off by a comment like that at that point. Oh, moment, see, you know, I, I got that because that kind of is just what cloud kept saying the whole game. So at this point it's just like joke because they barely paid him anything so far for <laughs> everything he's done. But I, I, maybe it's just my perception of it, but I really felt like I would have knocked cloud out in that moment. If I was a giant man with a gun for a hand, <laughs> I feel like the moment that cloud came back to sector seven and ran up to help Barrett. Barrett just his his I just felt like the way his expressions are and the way he talked to him like they were still giving each other crap but at that point they were like brothers in arms like that's when it really clicked and that's when I was like this is no longer literally like jabs just to be an asshole this is just how brothers talk to each other which is the Barrett and Cloud I remember because the most stuff I remember from the game is the later game where they really are best friends toward the end of the game is Final Fantasy 7 Mm mm-hmm I don't remember anything after Midgar for Final Fantasy VII because it's just <laughs> Midgar that you've been playing the whole time. Um, All I remember is I remember most of the stuff at the end. Yeah. So, but yeah, they they have a really, their relationship really comes together. But with that flower bed scene, like, so it's Barrett standing in the flower bed and Cloud comes out and Barrett is just thinking about, he's just talking about members of Avalanche that you've never even met. He's just talking about how, you know, he hopes I don't know if these characters died in the collapse. I'm assuming that they did, but he doesn't really say, but he's talking about the person that does the graffiti for them that makes the stamps in the mm-hmm. subways. Yep. And he's talking about the quartermaster 
And I think he talks about three. There's one more character he's talking about. You could just tell that he really cared about these three people that he was talking about and, you know, how to honor their memory or like how to pay them back. Mm -hmm. And it's in cloud comes out and cloud kind of just comforts him in a way. Like, it's not like a, they're not like hugging or anything. It's a soldier to soldier like yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just this really great moment that I, I really think that their relationship is so much stronger with that moment. And I think without the Tifa scene, you know that they care about each other without the arid scene. You know that they care about each other. See, I love, if, I love the Aerith scene where she, she tells him, you know, you can't, you can't fall in love with me. The Aerith scene. I know is, you think you, you are, but you're not. It's a lie. And he, his response, the first time you ever see him admit any feeling, even he doesn't even admit it to Tifa that any feelings he has, he is hurt by that. Like emotionally hurt. It's the only he, time he's ever been hurt. Do I not get a say in this? <laughs> uh, yeah. Do I get a say in this? Yeah. I, I, I was like, oh shit. This game is so much better than the original Fantasy <laughs> Seven. Yeah, that that conversation, but that flower bed scene was the most intriguing of the three of them, because that's where my conspiracy theories, which we'll get into, started flowing. Okay, we'll <laughs> we'll skip them for now because I think we're probably gonna end up in the same place when it comes to some of those theories. Let's talk about Tifa because Tifa's I I love Tifa's my favorite character to play as. She was she just doesn't get that much to do in this game. She's just kind of along for the ride. She, her character doesn't make sense because at one point you think she wants to give up on Avalanche and she goes and does it anyway for no reason. Yeah, I was confused by that too. Like, she's supposed to be out of that job. Then Jesse gets hurt. So she's just in. But no, Jesse gets hurt. So I sub in for Jesse. Mm -hmm. Who's Tifa there for? Why is Tifa on the mission now? Tifa's subbing in for Biggs because now Biggs is looking after Jesse. Oh. Okay, I guess. No, it's it's it sucks, but it's it's the reason. But she never really. I don't want a terrorist anymore. Okay, I'll terrorist. I feel like they could have added a moment where she realizes what she's fighting for, and she never really gets that moment, even after they kill fifty thousand people and drop the plate on them. You think that she should have a moment like, no, we have to do this. I don't have a choice. This is the most important thing. And if there was a moment like that, I don't remember it. She cries when she, she witnesses the death of, of Jesse. And I think that really like cements it afterward, but I still don't feel like her story is well thought out. She likes cloud for, we don't really, we, you and I probably know the reason because we've watched played more of the game. Well, you remember Midgar. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember there, but like they have a whole history of they, they were kids together, whatever, but, yeah. She just likes him for, as far as we know, she likes him for no reason from when they were kids. He's protecting her for no reason from when they were kids. And and she's with Avalanche for a mysterious well, reason. It has to do with her dad dying in Shinra and taking Sephiroth's sword to do who knows. Even in this game, um, they have the scene of them on the water tower. Right. And I think that's enough to establish that they have always cared about each other. I, I get that. I yeah. Had, I had no doubts. Like, I was never like, why does Tifa care about? cloud you could tell that they they had a strong bond back then as well maybe there's more to be revealed sure i believe you i just don't i don't know <laughs> I just, about it I, I just felt like it wasn't really like ugh, tifa was the less the least concrete character i feel like in this i don't know like when she needs the most work in the next games in the her flower scene she have you seen her flower that's scene? the thing i haven't seen her flower scene so maybe she she comes into her own there she doesn't 
she breaks down further in her scene. And I just really wished that that's where she had a moment like, and she kind of tries to convince herself of what she's fighting for in that scene. <laughs> but I didn't really get the impression that she was sold on it herself, but she's in the flower garden and she's almost like, she's getting kind of jealous of Aerith in the scene because she sees the flowers and she goes, that flower you gave me, it was from Aerith. I thought she, that she was weird. Be, she should be jealous because <laughs> I'm shipping everything cloud. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and then she, she like straight up breaks down in tears. The, my issue with that scene, and you could watch it later, so you'll see it, but Tifa doesn't really get like a moment of resolve where she realizes her strength. The only thing that that scene's good for is cloud. Actually, she like breaks into tears and cries into cloud's chest. And Cloud embraces her, which obviously is a very uncloud like thing to do. Mm -hmm. So that's the first time that Cloud actually shows an emotion without the air scene, you know, I guess. Or, yeah. If you don't um, get that, that's yeah. And she even goes, Cloud, you're hurting me because he's hugging her so tight. Because like, obviously he's, you know, super strong. He's a soldier in all caps. Well, super strong, sure. But yeah. he's also, you know, losing himself in that moment, too. He's just, you know, he's suffering with her in that moment, you know. Just nice. That's nice. And no, it's a really nice moment. It is the least. It's the one that I got, and it's probably my least favorite of the three flower bed scenes. Um, so I learned that you can have choices where there was a scene coming up. There's like a date, which I thought I read it was a good date, but it's not a date. But it's yeah. like it's it, three days. You can get Tifa or Aerith, or if you really don't do anything, you're going to get a uh, bro talk with Barrett. Yeah. And I was like, well, all right, I'm going to get Tifa because in the original game, it's Cloud and Tifa because Aerith, Aerith is a little kid and blah, blah, blah. In this game, She's not really, well, I mean, she's not really a little kid. She was never really a little kid in the other one, but they just treated her kind of, she's just really optimistic and upbeat. And when I met Aerith, I was like, ah, oh, whatever. I'm all, I'm Tifa all the way. I'm Team Tifa. <laughs> then I'm playing with Aerith. I'm like, no, they had a way, ah. but <laughs> they had a way better relationship, her and Cloud. Than yeah, I didn't care when Aerith died in the original Final Fantasy VII. I was like, I lost a party member. You're a monster. She was my healer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, and this was spoiler in the original, uh, spoiler for 25 year old game she dies you kind of see it in this game this scene um but like i didn't really feel anything for Aerith in the original game like some people were like oh no Aerith and cloud are so like nah in this game i'm totally like sorry sorry tifa i'm pro cloud and Aerith in this game for <laughs> sure Aerith brings out the best in cloud that tifa never really does she tifa's cool with him not opening up yeah, and I, I don't like that yeah, you're you're right. And that actually just reminded me during the playground scene, there actually is another moment of softness from Cloud where he doesn't want that moment to end. Where the and you know, he's like, mm -hmm. How how will you get home? Oh, I'll go with you. Come on. <laughs> like you can also see he's a little hurt when the mother tells him he's gotta leave it in the middle of the night. Like it it hurts him to want to leave Aerith. He doesn't want to leave Aerith. Yeah, you're right. I I all these scenes so I, with I Aerith. It's just he, these Aerith scenes. <laughs> this is really just a testament to the writing on cloud though because when i'm was talking about it originally with you i'm like oh it was that one moment but it's like no there actually are all these small little moments layered in and the character writing in this game like the writing gets a little anime in japanese at times oh, oh you can't help but, that because it is an anime japanese game yeah it's definitely a translation obviously <laughs> but like the the writing is really just phenomenal when it comes to the character beats and their the nuances like yeah, that, yeah absolutely
Um, but, I guess we have to talk about Jesse. We haven't really talked about her. I love Jesse. I love her too. She's the best. I would have I would have shipped <laughs> Jesse and Cloud if she should have survived. Yeah, she's and is and she's not like overly sexualized or anything. It's not like I feel like they tried to sell her as like this like thought. And she's and that's, she's not, yeah, she's <laughs> not. that's not her. <laughs> and it is weird to see her like you can see that she's using I don't I don't want to say sexuality because it makes it sound dirtier than it is. She's using but, playful flirting. Yeah, but you can even tell that she's using that as a defense mechanism, you know? Like she's just as damaged as everyone else. And I don't have much to say about like her when she was alive, but the fact that she dies, and this is the same in the original, that she dies thinking it was her fault that the first reactor blew. Yeah, I killed everyone. That that, that, that like, just oh, breaks that my sucks. freaking heart that she doesn't get a resolution because she thinks she deserves to die and she doesn't. And in in the original game, they had no way of knowing it wasn't actually her fault, so I get why she didn't get a resolution there. But in this game, the president of Shinra pretty much lays out his plans to you guys earlier. I don't get why anyone didn't tell tell her. It's like, no, he's setting you up. No, it was a. They're trying to start a war with Wutai. You're cool. It wasn't <laughs> your fault. Because right, I'm not crazy that they have that scene on the bridge right before. No, right before falls. you fight the um, Stormbreaker or Airbreaker or whatever Airbuster. Airbuster. Yeah. Well, the before Cloud falls through the church, right? Right. It's, which the is bridge from before the airbuster. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just he tells him he like I'm setting you up to be Harbinger tells you. Yeah, and even shows like See, I'm in, he was I'm in control of the bomb and you know he blows up his own reactor, the second reactor. Yep. So I guess you never know that the first reactor wasn't them, but it's seems super heavily implied that that's super. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you could have let Jesse off the hook there, <laughs> and it's it's a shame that they didn't get it, and it's also a shame that Wedge and Biggs, well at least Wedge, gets to live, which is different from the originals. Um. I think that's getting into conspiracy theory territory. Oh yeah, we don't we'll get there, but it's... <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It does suck that they they go, but you know it was in the original, so they they do get much more personality in this game than they well, ever did in the other well, game. Well, no, Jesse goes, but Jesse goes in the original, and Wedge lives though, and he dies in the original. He doesn't get to live in the original, right? So what do you mean that's how it goes in the original? That, that that they all die, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then I was confused. I want to. Oh, you know, I'm having like some little brain click moments at the moment, <laughs> in this moment. So let's just move on for now. If we'll, okay, we'll talk about your conspiracies in a second. I got you. Because I was, an issue I've had up until right this moment has been Biggs mm -hmm. and what he says before he gets dragged away. And I just realized, oh wait, it's. It's Wedge. Okay, well, we'll, we'll circle back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get their names confused a lot. Um, no, not confused. Like, what he hopes he did oh, yeah. was save Wedge. Right. Because he gets dragged away. We'll just talk about it. I'll just say it now. He gets, he survives the fall, which mm -hmm. he doesn't in the original. They bring him back to Eris house and everything. But then he shows up at the Shinner building, right? He does, yep. And before he gets dragged away by the specters, he says, he says, I, I hope I made a difference. And up until this moment, I'm like, you didn't, bro. Like You didn't <laughs> do anything. But the fact that Wedge is still alive in that hospital bed, I have to assume that. I'm just maybe I'm just assuming here. I bet you Biggs had something to do with that. He's got to have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah OK. Yeah. OK. There you go, guys. We figured it out. <laughs>
the bad guys, I will say, if we're going to go after, I mean, we've pretty much, the good guys are all done. I mean, we got Aerith, but um, we haven't talked much. We only talked about her relationship with Cloud. Well, we have one more good guy to talk about. Well, two more if we want to talk about one of them, but I don't really care about the other one. Um, Red 13 is the one I don't really care to talk about. Because you don't really know much about it. He was yet. underutilized a lot. I mean, in the first game, my boy was fucking Aerith. I don't get why they cut that out. That just seems important. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know if you remember that in the first I one. I do not remember that. In the first one, Hojo decides that he wants to breed Aerith. So he would have like another specimen. I think well, they he does it, it in, in this game, game but he wants to breed him with soldiers. But yeah, no, 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 no. My man wants to breed her with red 13 in the first game. <laughs> so he puts him in the same tank and you just see Aerith running around the tank while Red X tries to fuck her. <laughs> it's very inappropriate i can see why they changed it. Uh, absolutely <laughs> um but no the other character that would be a quote-unquote there's actually still two more um quote-unquote good guys is leslie who is new to this game as for i don't know if he's a brand new character altogether or if he's from the lore do you know who i'm talking about leslie you probably don't even because that's how minor he is but he's still like a big character um, i don't recall he's the don's guard oh i love that dude yeah me too. he's a good dude he is brand new. He's brand new to the game. Brand new to the game. I don't know if he exists in the lore outside of the game. Though. Yeah, there's two other games and there's a movie that well, has come out too. So I don't know if he's part of any of that. There's two other games. There's a movie and there's like three to 20 novels. I'm not sure how many. <laughs> I don't think I don't. I wouldn't count the novels. Well, they exist. All right. <laughs> um, One of them is called The Maiden That Travels the World. I looked it up. I didn't actually <laughs> look into it. <laughs> But he's a he is a really good character who's well thought out. He's interesting. And uh, although he does look a lot like Cloud with gray hair and that baseball cap. <laughs> yeah, he he. Because he's brand new. I don't know if he was just there to fix something that was always weird about the original. When you decide to get to the upper plates in the original, you literally just. Find a pipe on a wall and climb up it. This made it more of a an event to make the raid on the Shinra building, you know, which kind of makes more sense. It's like it makes, if it was that easy to do to begin with. It makes it makes way more sense. So I don't know if that's why he was added or they do kind of talk about like maybe we'll meet again or whatever in that scene, I think. Right. I got. Yeah, I got a big. Future playable character, or at least more of his story and his fiance for sure. Yeah. So I assume he was added for more than just that. It seems like he's going to play a role in the series going forward. But I just really loved him as a character, too. Like, you don't get a lot from him. It's only one chapter that he's. Well, there's one chapter where he is kind of a dick because that's his job. Mm -hmm. And then there's another chapter where it's like, no, I was just doing my job. And, you know, you still kind of get he keeps telling you, don't come here. Yeah, no, he, <laughs> Like, no, you can't come in. But also, you, you don't, don't want, want to. to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, really loved Leslie. I thought he was a good character. Um Obviously, I don't have much as much to say about his relationships with the characters from the party because you don't really get that in the game, other than the fact that he seems like he's a bro. Like he's just you're missing one other good guy, uh, Johnny. Chad oh, uh, the last one I had was Chadley. Fuck Chadley, <laughs> that's, that's little fucking dweeb. I didn't want to talk about him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't have relationships with him or, with him or anything really. Like, thank you, Cloud. You really <laughs> helped me with my missions. Uh, dude, I'm just assessing people because I want to know how to kill them. <laughs> I don't care about your shit. But just, I like that. Have I unlocked the Leviathan yet? Then leave me alone, Chadley. I like how he's like, yeah, I work for Shinra. I'm trying to figure out this new materia thing. And Cloud's like, 
I don't like Shinra goes, oh, well, I'm actively undermining them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, well, the good news. <laughs> I like how he admits it when they're in the building, too. He's right next to the training simulation goes, huh, if you forget, <laughs> I'm actively undermining Shinra while working for them as a lab tech. The good dude, another dude's like five feet away from you, Chadley. Shh. The cafeteria is not the place. Okay, I think that's it for the quote-unquote good guys. <laughs> yes. Unless you want to count Sam as a good guy, because Sam is a good guy to me. I like him a lot. Joke about Sam is Joke a very interesting Sam. character. He's definitely an okay guy. He's just doing what he can to get by. <laughs> but he's kind of a douche. You, what's the uh, what's the actor's name? Maybe not of Chocobo Sam, but his impersonation. Uh, Sam Wellington? Is that a person? Sam Elliott. It's Sam Elliott. I didn't even have to type it in. It's Sam Elliott. Okay, that's... Listen, I'm not a movie slash TV guy, so I'm okay not to know it. But when I say Sam Wellington, I knew it wasn't Sam Wellington. Well, I know, but you should get to Sam Elliott faster. You should have been able to make that connection for us. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, I like Chocobo Sam. I liked all three of the the Walmart. Guys. Andrea Rodea is really fun. I That section was the weirdest thing. I mean, I know and part of it's in the original game. Cloud dressing is the girl, but that the pomp and circle like everything and Aerith cheering for you when you're doing your dance and the whole dance mini game that's that is when i really fell in love with Aerith. i'm like look at her go like, she's like <laughs> she's yeah. so into this and cloud's a really good dancer <laughs> like how do you know that dance <laughs> yeah i the the honeybee in stuff i guess playing the original now i can see why it's problematic and i can see why they changed it the way they did because they're just playing it for laughs like hey cloud's a girl yeah and, and now it's literally like gender is fluid you know beauty oh, i'm sorry i said that i said that the way i said that made it sound like i was it's condescending. condescending i wasn't trying to be but like the way it's doing now is like gender is just a construct you know beauty is, beauty. is within you yeah, yeah. and it, it's cool that they made the change it's I thought he was a really cool character. I thought he was very interesting because he wasn't done up because he's new as well. Right. Um, yeah. Or they. I don't know if they used a pronoun on Andrea, but they're they're brand Dude, new to the game. So progressive. Of right. <laughs> I don't believe that they were in the original game. It's, they he's a he. They, is, is he. they do say that. Yeah, they definitely. OK. Yeah. But he's such an interesting character of a, like with. He's got a lot of masculinity, especially when you do the pull-up contest with him. But he's also got so much femininity and stuff like that. That and the reveal of who he is. I thought the reveal was a little undermining because you kind of see him in the Coliseum. Yeah, but by, by the time you see him, you've already seen all of him. You've seen his forehead. <laughs> you've seen the side of his face. It's like okay, I know who this guy is. I put it together. And then Madam M is just her hand. She's what, strange. How much? How much did you pay for the hand massage, Dave? all the money in the world <laughs> did you really i don't know because i i did not have a lot of money in this game ever until the end so i paid 1000 gil then she murdered me did she actually murder you no but <laughs> she destroyed my hand gotcha i go he goes you ready for the massage she takes off his glove and she just twists his arm in some unnatural way and he just screams in pain and Aerith is just like what <laughs> and he comes out holding his hand limping what's going on i don't want to talk about it right now maybe not ever <laughs> <laughs> and i just oh just that one moment while we're here when you guys get into don corneo's mansion and tifa sees cloud for the first time he goes yeah nailed it moving on <laughs> oh yeah 
I know. Nailed it. <laughs> I assume you got Aaron's red dress. I did because I, I did all the side quests. I guess there's a bunch of different ones you can get. I got the red one too. And she looked so beautiful. <laughs> she did. I guess if you get the the other ones were like kind of like scampy. <laughs> the the lowest dress. So if you do no side missions, basically. Is that the cheap pink one? It's the cheap pink one, which is essentially just they take off her red coat and she hates it. I guess when she comes out, she's super embarrassed by it. I only read about it. I kind of want to go and watch a video of it. because yeah, That sounds funny. I didn't look at all the different dresses and stuff. I just saw one scene that happened to have her in a different dress than the one I had. So I was like, oh, there must be different. dresses." Which dress did you choose for Tifa? Um, I think I chose mature because I didn't want anything weird to happen on my screen. <laughs> It was, like a, it was like mature. a blue dress. It was like basically blue like lingerie. Yeah. Lingerie. It's really, it's, it's really scampy. It's skimpy. Well, the, the other, other ones, ones are like kimonos. And what's the last one? A sportier kimono. I assumed that sporty was going to be like. No, mature is this. Like a sports bra. So nah. I was like, I don't want the. <laughs> mature is the sluttiest one you can get for sure. Okay, well, I'll just in case the FBI is listening. <laughs> I chose mature thinking it would be the least slutty one. <laughs> Tifa's an overage character, I believe. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know how old any of these characters are. <laughs> Wanna talk about some bad guys? Yeah, talk. Talk about bad guys. So the president of Shinra is a little overblown for me. And so is Heidecker is the worst. The two of them together are just so overblown evil that it's just obnoxious. That was so weird about this game. And I, I get why it's like that because it's because it's anime. But your heroes are these grounded. I don't want to say three. They're fucking six dimensional people. Like there's so much depth to them. <laughs> and then your bad guys, at least, you know, a Looney Tunes villain, <laughs> at least Hojo uh, Shinra. And what's his name again? Hard- Heidecker, I believe. Heidecker. Yeah. Um, and oh, and then red dressed Scarlet or whatever her name is. Um, oh, I forgot about her. I don't yeah. even know why she's in this game because she doesn't do anything other than look intimidating i guess i need to do it as a stool <laughs> yeah and have him follow her like a dog um they are such one-dimensional characters i guess i'm more forgiving of hojo because it's easier to buy into his insanity he knows things that you don't know yet so it's okay yeah but yeah i i thought shinra and heidecker were like just kind of garbage you think you're going to win? I'm going to win. Now, you this never, isn't Dragon Ball Z, asshole. Get out of this. <laughs> you never fight them. Like They never really like get in your way other than those weird cutscenes. So that's, I think that's why I'm more okay with them. They were very small parts of the story, even if they were like yeah. the, the puppet masters behind it. Although like, they never kill them. They never kill anybody. <laughs> you kill thousands of soldiers, but you won't kill the guys that are sending these thousands of soldiers. These soldiers did nothing wrong. Yeah. I'm following orders. Kill these guys. I... I wanted Barrett to drop Shinra. I really thought he was going to. I thought he was going to turn to Tifa and go, sometimes you got to do it. <laughs> and then when go. Shinra pulls the gun on Barrett, it was so the he, dumbest moment in the game. Y'all know how many times I've been shot. <laughs> Not even that. It's just, he pulls the gun on Barrett. And I screamed out loud. I had my headphones on. At least could not hear the game going. And I just screamed at the TV. There are six people with guns behind you. <laughs> like, Cloud's there. Tifa's there. Aerith there. You're pointing a gun at one dude? Like, ah, oh, so dumb. <laughs> See, I don't have much to say about I just wanted to complain any of the, about them. <laughs> any of the Shinra people. Um The Turks are the most interesting of your bad guys. I love the Turks. Uh Reno and Rude. They're great. But also I don't have much to say about them either. Like it's confusing to me 
they try to set them up to be these good guys, like good guys in a bad situation kind of thing. Right. But they drop the plate, <laughs> but they drop the plate and like, that's irredeemable. Like, so I rude can't stand there and tell me I am a good person. I just do bad things sometimes. And then be in a helicopter and while in the helicopter, have a conversation about how you don't feel comfortable doing what you're about to do and then do it anyway. Like it's, it's, it's very confusing to me. Well, and he, what doesn't, I, what doesn't make sense to me is he saves cloud and Tifa at one point by moving the helicopter out of the way, but then fights him later on. And I didn't understand that choice. Cause then he shoots at them when the final fight's going on. So I didn't understand that choice for rude. I get protecting Aerith. And I get not wanting to hurt hurt Aerith and Aerith saying, oh, they're not bad guys because Aerith has just been with them the whole time. And if she can't come willingly, at least she's safe at home where they can track her. I get that. I don't get why he saves Cloud. At least for that brief moment, only to come at him again later. Yeah, I don't know. That didn't make sense to me. And I can't. What what was his other name? Rudin. Rudin Reno were the main two Turks. Reno is having such a hard time dropping the plate at the beginning. He's so, he's so conflicted about it. And then he's just like a, a switch flicks and he's just like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I'm going to really get into it. <laughs> yeah, it was very strange. And then they're in um, the other Turks, like the main Turks office. Takeshi uh, or something. Like I think. Sang. Sang. Yeah. Um, it's so deplorable that I can't side with it, but I, I get Sang's like weird, ugly logic of we saved we we did it so someone else didn't have to do it like we'll we'll carry that load for those people i understand that because like, he's not trying to be a good guy he's not conflicted about it that's, he's that's, that's a villain's that's what i mean reason. Like, yeah it's it's deplorable but like i'm not trying to like side the nazis here <laughs> but you know i get that whole angle i, I don't agree with that angle but i I'm like, okay, I I get why he would justify it to himself that way. The other ones are trying to justify themselves as good guys, whereas he's trying to justify himself as a villain. Like, he's cool with where he is, and he has justifications for it. Was the other ones like, I'm not a bad guy. And he's just like, no, we're the bad guys, but we do it so that other people don't have to be the bad guys. Yeah, he's accepted his role of being a villain. Not He's accepted it as like a weight that he, like, there is depth to it where it's not just like, yeah, we did it. It's maybe he did feel bad about it in some way. I don't know. I'm sure he did a little bit. Yeah. But him trying to use it to comfort his employees was interesting in a way. I don't, it was, it was a little more interesting than Reno and rude suddenly going, Oh wait, well, I shouldn't have done that. Um, this happens in the original too, but when Rufus shows up, I was just, Who's this guy? <laughs> okay, time to fight. <laughs> That's kind of a strange moment. I don't know what your thoughts were on that. I love Rufus. You love Rufus? Who was Rufus? Have <laughs> I, I figured out Rufus correctly? Who do you think Rufus is? The, the soldier? No. No, that's Roche. Rufus is uh, the new president of Shinra, the vice president. Oh, yeah. He just shows up on the helicopter. Rufus and Darkstar. That's the fight that I watched you fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Rufus sucks. The fight that I watched you fight. <laughs> Rufus sucks. He just comes out of nowhere. He's got no personality. He just clearly doesn't like his dad because his dad's dead. That's all we get out of this dude. Well, uh, yeah. We get that. And then 
Oh, now I don't know if it's a seven original or seven remake, but he also talks about how his dad was weak and now he's going to rule through fear. Maybe that's the original. That's the original. That sounds more overtly anime than this game was. (laughs) But he talks about how his dad was like, he tried to please everyone to control them or whatever, but it's like, I'm going to rule through fear. I mean, that's kind of lame, but. I mean, I, you kind of get that feeling when he's got the whispers all around the building and everyone else is freaking out. And he's just kind of like, this is interesting. All right. Yeah, the, uh, he doesn't he doesn't care. He's very interested in stuff. The Rufus fight, though, was probably my favorite. I, I've been thinking about it since I saw you fighting yesterday. I told you at the time, like it was one of my favorite fights. I think it is my favorite. All those one on one fights. I just really love. Yeah. Not for you. I did not like the Rufus fight. I thought it was cheap, but granted. The first time I fought him, I had been playing for like 10 hours straight, which clearly fried my brain because the second time I fought him, I beat him in two tries. But I just the, I, that wasn't as, the second time I fought him, I beat him twice. I beat him in the second well, time. The first time I fought him, I was just like going nuts because I was like, whatever. The second time when I actually thought it's about like, it, I it's beat like him Sex quick. Panther, you know, <laughs> 60 percent of the time it works every time or whatever the numbers are. But I, I did enjoy some of the one. I enjoyed the Sephiroth fight before people join you because I enjoyed he was basically cloud yeah. and it was cloud against cloud, which I thought was really interesting. The, some of the boss fights are really fun. The Barrett tank fight was fun. I don't count Aerith being with you. She's just extra med packs basically. <laughs> uh, but no, there were a lot of fun boss fights, but I would say that was not one of them. Fair enough. I mean, well, that's your, that's like, but I can see why you like it. Man. Cause that one was the most like, Oh, you have to time this one. Right. And make sure that you make sure he's got that four rounds going off and stuff like that. Yeah. No, it was once I figured it out, it was a little bit too easy. I just enjoyed, like, I just think the way he moved and his attacks and stuff were fun. Like he was just a cool dude. Rich boy could fight rich boy. And he, what happened to dark star? Um, he sends him back to the helicopter. Oh, he goes back in the helicopter. Yeah, because he jumps away, and I was like, "Where'd the dog go?" Yeah, after you, after you take down Dark Star, he seems like he wants to like go after you again. And Rufus puts up his hands. I saw, yeah, and, and then he, he like, jumps off, flicks him off, and he jumps back. I assumed he jumped into the helicopter. Okay, that makes that's, sense. That's, I just assumed he jumped back and like <laughs> just off the building. <laughs> Who cares now? He's gone. <laughs> you have failed, <laughs> Dark Star. Death before dishonor. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to your brother? Um, he's he's got a whole kennel of dark stars. <laughs> dark star is dead. <laughs> but no, I I liked Rufus. Like the Cloud says, like, um, you think you figured me out? And Rufus makes the line, like, No, I'm starting no, to sweat. You're making me sweat. It's like you're some like sleazy rich fuck boy. But, <laughs> but I'm on your side in this in this brief moment. Like, let's see what you got. <laughs> Um, oh my god, I've I've sided with Nazis. I've sided. <laughs> I've sided with fuckboys in this you're, episode. You're all about the bad guys. <laughs> um, Those, I the, guess let's talk about the bad guy. Unless you have, we didn't talk about Reeve. Reeves isn't a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. <laughs> we don't really. If you don't, you didn't play the original game. And although Kate Sith does appear very, like he's like there, like blinking, you miss him. He's during when the plate falls. Right when the plate falls. Which I missed the first time. I saw him in the credits and I was like, wait, was he there in the original or are they just adding him now? So I had to rewatch and I was like, I must no, have been looking down or something. It's just one shot of like him looking at. He looks the at the rubble. plates and like, no, because yeah. Reeves is controlling. Oh, yeah, that's right. Does he like go? <laughs> yeah. And Reeves is always upset about the plates falling. If you didn't play the original Final Fantasy, Reeves controls this cat robot who's a cat. 
Wait, excuse me? Kate Sith is a robot controlled by Reeves, and you don't learn that until toward the end of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I am just learning that right now. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Reeves is Kate Sith. So that means he linked on to Kate Sith to kind of get some dirt and like witness it for himself, which is why he's so upset about it, because hmm. he witnessed the plate falling himself. Yeah. And that's why he decides to do something about it. So I'm sure Kate Sith will be a character later on in the game with his big Moogle Muggle. Uh, I hope not, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Reeves was definitely the only person in Shinra who seems to have a conscious conscience. Who knows what's going on anyway? Whereas most of the people who most yeah. of Shinra doesn't know what's going on. And I guess you could say the mayor too. The mayor is cool. I like the mayor. I don't remember the mayor from the first game. He was the worst in the first game. <laughs> He's just like a self-obsessed and obnoxious. But he kind of is in this one too. The mayor yeah. is the best. The mayor is the coolest. Well, that's the password in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, a nice reveal. Is it time to talk about the big, the big guy and whispers or Sephiroth? You want to talk about Sephiroth? Cause he sucks in this game. He I don't just comes out of nowhere. They shouldn't have added him. Yeah. Like he showed up around the same time he shows up in the original. But you don't ever fight him in Midgar in the original. You know, he you just know he was in the Shinra building with you. That's what I remember. But you never actually see him. I remember not fighting him until way later on. Yeah, I don't know when you fight him for the first time in the original, but um, definitely not where you fight him in this one. Um, What's up? I still haven't really gotten it. What is up with these like cloney type people or like these you know, like the the labs where Cloud was thought he was in. No, no, the like Marco from the ho- from the apartment at the beginning, and then like, oh, the the followers of Sephiroth. I believe they're from are, the spinoff ones, and I'm not exactly sure. This is why I was really hoping to get Alex to loop in just to sit on the sidelines and listen to us talk and shut up until we asked him a question because he could probably answer that a little better. I believe they come from the prequel game. Can, and this possibly the sequel game. Can you call him? Is it too late to call it him? It might be too late to call. I, I mean, he's still up, but it might be weird for this podcast to get an answer. I think that. you got to call him. I don't. Has he played this? No, he hasn't. Right? No. But, okay, because if he had played it, I would have been like, definitely get him on. Oh the no, if he played it, yeah, but he refuses to get a PlayStation, and he thinks he thinks I'll never play it because it was a PlayStation exclusive, and that's that's lame to have exclusives. It is lame to have exclusives, but it's part of the it's part of how games work. That's your brother, man. Be nice. Yeah. His dog-headedness is going to make him skip out on a fantastic game. <laughs> um, <clears throat> see, I wasn't sure what was up with those guys. I'm pretty sure that they bring Sephiroth back in some way. Well, no, I, By choice or not. I watched Advent Children after playing the game just because I wanted some more context. Are they in the... Advent Children? Is that the one they're in? He definitely has... There's definitely not. He doesn't have. There's definitely a group of people that want to bring Sephiroth back, mm-hmm. and they are somehow. I don't understand it completely. I was watching it on my phone on the train, <laughs> so I'm probably missing a bunch of details here, and it's all subtitles, so I easily could have missed some very important line of dialogue. <laughs> but he has this like cult following that are trying what were they trying to do um i think they wanted to bring mother back specifically but i think they are like at one point they're definitely referred to as like the larva of sephiroth (laughs) and at one point one of them definitely turns into sephiroth um in the movie i vaguely recall seeing that when my brother was watching yeah um 
but I never quite understood what was going on with them and like how they'd be Sephiroth and then like transform back into like these dusty clones or whatever they are. The Sephiroth stuff is where you get really anime heavy kind of. Yeah. It makes sense if you really, if you really think about it, man, kind of a thing. Again, it just gets weird. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, I can fuck with anime. <laughs> like, like I will watch anime. I'm I'm more into it than you are for sure. For sure. Um, but I'm still not hugely into it. It's just like I'm always looking for a good anime. I'm always looking for that one anime show that will make me go, "This is the best thing ever." <laughs> and the only thing I've ever found is Food Wars, and that's for a completely different reason <laughs> because that show is bizarre. I love it. <laughs> um youtube food wars if you haven't watched it because <laughs> all you need to see is about three 30 seconds of each episode is all you need um i've made you watch it right yes you have made me watch <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um was well, so yeah i can get with anime but it just gets so messy sometimes in a way like it gets it sucks when things are both high-minded and don't make sense at the same time. Yep. Like where it gets told to you, like with this, like there's almost like an arrogance to the way they're telling it to where you're supposed to know what we're telling you. We're saying it, but you should just understand if you're not following along. It's your fault. It's like, does that make sense? No, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing I don't like. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the animation style, but it's it's that. Arrogant uh, headiness that it's, I don't it's, like. It's anime is arrogant. Is that okay? You agree with me in that because that's how I've always felt about yeah. it. Like, and I've never, <laughs> but we're gonna start losing fans, they're gonna start dropping like flies, Dave. <laughs> I, I love anime, I love anime. <laughs> Dragon I've, Ball, I've collected so many Dragon Balls. <laughs> <laughs> One Punch Man, I, I kind of, if I watched anything, One Punch Man seems really fun. I watched the first couple episodes of it, he kills everything in One Punch. It's yeah. stupid, but I like it. Well, the concept, the idea that he's so yeah, we're, I'm not no we're not going into this let's we're go. already way over time so <laughs> this is gonna be two episodes <laughs> what are we at for time don't worry about it okay I told you it's gonna be two hours <laughs> is, already, is it over two we're getting there okay. we're, we're we're getting close yeah <laughs> um but yeah so it gets super like high-minded anime see I just get super weird and I don't understand it and I've tried to understand it and I've read articles and watched YouTube videos about it, trying to get to the bottom of it. And it still doesn't really make you just sense don't get to it. me. You just don't get it. I mean, I, I guess the whole idea is. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know. And it, honestly, it doesn't matter for this game. It doesn't. It's only part of a game. story. Yeah. I, like, I know you have to have Sephiroth in because he's a big pull. The yin and yang between Sephiroth and Cloud and their rivalry is a big part of all of seven. Mm -hmm. But in this game that's not the story and just slight hints of him and cloud's headaches are all i really need and a hint that sephiroth is coming because the game is about shinra and the mako and cloud's along for the ride which i'm fine with but so the sephiroth that you're fighting at the end is sephiroth yes that's what i got toward the most of sephiroth you get are just it's in cloud's mind probably sephiroth talking to cloud but at the end when everybody else sees him now it's like that sephiroth Okay. That's what I got from it. But I mean everyone I could be wrong. Everyone also saw Sephiroth when he jumped off a smoke stack. 
but that wasn't Sephiroth, right? When did he jump off the smokestack? But right before you fight Rufus, you chase him and you climb up the ladder. I know you played this because I was watching you. Yeah, no, no. As soon as they see him there in the Genova area of the lab, once they see him there, because Cloud starts to have his hallucinations, you think, oh, he's just going to see something no one else is. They all see Sephiroth at that point, and they all have their own reactions to seeing Sephiroth. But in that scene, doesn't a Sephiroth turn into a clone and then another Sephiroth is holding the clone and then jumps off a smoke stack? That happens later on, yes, right before Ruf- Rufus. I think some some of it is the clones, but then the, the Sephiroth you fight is not the clone because the clones are weak and easily defeatable. So at the end of the game, you're fighting Well, you never fight Sephiroth a clone, Sephiroth. so how do you know how defeatable they are other than the right. fact that they look weak? They just look weak, yeah, <laughs> okay. and, and transform back. Yeah, I just imagine that by the end, you're fighting Sephiroth. Sephiroth. Yeah, I, I guess a part of the lore is so long as you're a memory, you have the ability to come back to life like a piece of you lives on. It's like kind of like that philosophy. Some um, BS like that, which is very Final Fantasy. And I mean, yeah. that happens again in 10 kind of in a way. But yeah, that's kind of the end of seven when Aerith and Sephiroth die. They both become a part of the the life stream or whatever. And I guess the idea is so long as you're remembered. That piece of you, I don't know. I don't, I won't claim to understand it. No, but it's something that a lot of Final Fantasies do is have that spirit kind of element to all of them. Mm-hmm. For the most part. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to say about Sephiroth? I just, the fight Sephiroth itself sucks. I don't get why everybody loves Sephiroth so much. I don't think he's an interesting villain, but that's fine. That's his, for another time. His sword is cool. His sword's way too long. <laughs> <laughs> way too long. <laughs> why is it curved? <laughs> um, I think it's interesting that... Is, maybe I'm wrong about his this. His boss fight's my favorite boss fight. I, but that's, no, that's besides that. I, I could be wrong about this, but the whole deal with Sephiroth is he was like the premier soldier for Shinra, but then he finds out what Shinra did to make him. Yes. And he starts to hate Shinra. And then that hatred gets fueled by all. I guess he, he gets so angry at Shinra that he ends up getting mad at everything <laughs> and decides he wants to destroy everything. Is that the deal? To save the planet, yeah. Because everything's got to die to save the planet, but the planet's got to die because he's dead by meteor. But Aerith will tell you that he's full of shit. Oh, yeah. That he doesn't care about the planet. He cares about himself. Yes. He just wants people to die, and he's using the planet as like, as like an excuse. As his a, vehicle. As guys. His, yeah. yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. I mean, he's not, I not, think, I'm not saying he's not interesting. I just think he's my least interesting part about the game. Sure. Because I'm going <laughs> to say everything that I just said and that we're saying, that sounds like a compelling villain to me. So right. I, I get why people like Sephiroth. He's better than... Not to talk about other Final Fantasies. This might not even be his name, but it, that's the thing. Ten, is, ten, is, ten is my favorite Final Fantasy. Name the villain. <laughs> well, I've been afraid to look it up because I don't want to believe it's true. I'm pretty sure his name is Seymour. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking about it like a couple of years ago. <laughs> I was like, was his name Seymour? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was. And I don't want to look it up because I don't want to be sure about it. I want to just have like this a small piece of hope in my brain. That they, that they didn't name a villain Seymour. <laughs> Obviously, the main villain is also Sin in Final Fantasy X, but Seymour is like your antagonist. Yeah. yeah, it's I love I love Final Fantasy IX, but I haven't played it since it first came out. I can't tell you the bad guy's <laughs> name, but I could have told you Sephiroth's name before this even came out. Just it's 
yeah, he's no, like one of he's, the big villains of all video games. He is by far like the most famous yeah. of the Final Fantasy. I can villains. tell you the story of most Final Fantasies, but damned if I can tell you the villains. I just <laughs> played 15 two, three years ago. Can't remember the dude's name at all. Word. Um, <laughs> so something could be said about Sephiroth in that way. And just in terms of the world of villains outside of Final Fantasy, I don't think he's my favorite. Like a lot of people would list him as the best of all video games. In terms of Final Fantasy, absolutely he's he's king shit on on Villain Mountain, but Yeah, for the for the Final Fantasy villains that I'm aware of, and I'm only aware of seven three of three. them. <laughs> like the only, I, oh, the I, old I, that you can remember. Yeah, I remember okay. three of them. He's definitely the best because yeah. again, talking about Seymour, I'm pretty sure he just wanted to marry Yuna. <laughs> that was his thing. He's like you can't marry Yuna. I just want to marry her. <laughs> no, Yuna's getting married to the ghost of Titus. <laughs> no spoilers for Final Fantasy X. Yuna is supposed to become a giant summon person and sacrifice herself to sin. Vaguely <laughs> oh, recall that. Yeah, that's the whole deal. And that's when, <laughs> when Titus was like, wait, that's what we're doing. <laughs> Don't do that. But also Titus was a ghost, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Or I'm sure if you asked a Final Fantasy fan, there's way more to it than just that <laughs> but yes i think he's like a fragment of sin or something yeah to that effect. he actually did die in that we're getting off topic yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so whispers whispers i don't remember at least most of them in the original game you don't remember any of them in the original game because they do not exist good because i was gonna <laughs> say they don't fucking exist in the original game at least not up to the beginning point all right, so I'm gonna let you talk about whispers first because it sounds like you've you wanna Pepe Silva this okay. <laughs> if you need to get a corkboard out. So whispers, man. Whispers are <laughs> the souls of people that are, are dead because I bring they the mail up to time. the whispers. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's there. So I bring the whisper I bring the mail over to HR. Carol's not there. <laughs> half the people half the whispers in this game, Mike, don't exist. <laughs> Mike, Dave? Not only do these people exist, they're all talking about your mail. It's the only thing they're talking about. <laughs> whispers are the game's way of trying to tell you, and this is me going on a little conspiracy theory. Whispers are, well, first of all, whispers are throughout the game. They're these ghoulish ghost things that are trying to make sure destiny goes on track. Again, we are talking, me and you. That's the conversation of the So podcast. you know that. I know that. We don't want to okay. go super specific with things like that. <laughs> We're so trying to stay on track here. Whispers but. are putting things on track because <laughs> Aerith is the Aerith that died from Final Fantasy, the original. You're remember you're not saying this is definitive fact. You're telling I'm this telling you, you this think. is the conspiracy. This, this is, is my conspiracy. conspiracy. Okay. This is this is me. This is my Dennis from uh this is my Charlie from Always Sunny meme. Well, that's the whole Pepe Silva thing that I was just quoting for right, yeah. minutes. <laughs> The remake, the fact that it's Final Fantasy VII remake is it's not just a remake of like better graphics, better game. It's you're redoing the story. You're setting, I don't know, quote unquote, right what once went wrong. Aerith is now a reincarnation of her old self. And this isn't just me. This is something that, I mean, I think they hinted at and then I read it online. I thought the whispers were trying to say that time just keeps looping around. But someone also said that there's hints that Aerith is actually Aerith from the original game. Aerith knows that she died or she... She kind of knows that she dies and that everything that's happening is because she came back knowing that kind of and things after that, it's like a butterfly effect are starting to go wrong, including 
you know, Wedge and Big surviving the crash, and the Whispers are trying to set all that right. So even though it's way later, Biggs gets thrown out of the building. But maybe little do the Whispers know, Wedge is still alive. And that fact that Wedge is still alive means history can change. And Aerith might not die in this game the way that she died in the original game. And that the Whispers are only here because this is technically... There was already a sequel to Final Fantasy, so the third Final Fantasy VII game in the series, technically, and a way to redo there, the moments. You're Avengers Endgaming. There wasn't game. a sequel to Seven. There was a prequel to Seven. Oh, I thought there was a prequel and a sequel. There's only a prequel. I think there is just Crisis Core. If there's a sequel, I'm not aware of it. Oh, um, there was a Vincent game, wasn't there? Like a PS2 shooter. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, I've never actually played that or don't know anything about it. But I think there was like a third person shooter. I don't know if that's like a canon timeline or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, but. Is that, that, is that the game you're talking about? I think that's the game I'm okay. talking about, yeah. But I don't know how far they go into the story. I've never played it. Oh, okay. You're just saying that there's another game in I'm just saying that, yeah, that took place after the story. This is okay. taking place way after, because now the world is reset. And I don't think I'm making that up that there's a PS2 game where you played as Vincent as a shooter. You play as a different character, and it definitely is a straight-up just action game. I know that. Okay. Cool. I got it right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't quote me. <laughs> but that's what the whispers are there for, because everything's kind of messing up, and everything that Cloud and Aerith are doing is not supposed to happen, and everything the whispers are doing is trying to set things right. Barrett's not supposed to die in that general room, because he, he's through all of Final Fantasy VII with you. Mm-hmm. He's your buddy. So he's got to live, because the Shinra president can't, or Sephiroth can't kill Barrett. So the whispers aren't good guys, and they aren't bad guys, which I really like, because at some points, it seems like they're helping you. At some points, they seem like they're hurting you. But they're always trying to just make sure the original game goes the way the original game went. Yeah. Good or bad. Yeah, that's that part is 100% the case. Like, I can't see any world where that's not what's going on. Uh, the Whispers are 100% trying to preserve the Final Fantasy VII timeline. They're the hardcore fans that can't see things well, change. That's, <laughs> that's the one thing that is nice. Like, it's not nice, but it is an interesting commentary that they are literally, you know a rabid fan base, <laughs> like <laughs> moving their toys back into position. Say, no cloud belongs here. <laughs> this person needs to be here. <laughs> um, Little do you know, I've hit the wedge action figure in the orphanage. And, <laughs> and, at, the, and at the end of the game where, um, where you defeat, you know, whisper Bahama. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and Sephiroth and you defeat destiny. Essentially that's them saying, fuck you fans. Like we're creating a whole new world here. Like we can do whatever we want at this point. Yep. Um, so it is cool to have a commentary. So this was partially what I was thinking when I saw a video that showed me the end of final fantasy seven. And I think I saw another video. I, I've seen so many videos man i <laughs> i pepe silver the shit out of this <laughs> but essentially at the end of final fantasy 7 you defeat Aerith. so at the in final fantasy 7 we this is what we know yes Aerith dies mm-hmm. sephiroth dies yep and the uh meteor that's supposed to crash into the earth mm-hmm. is doesn't happen right the the live stream comes out and like disrupts the meteor i believe yes so i have actually that, no crash right i have that image in my head yeah so you have three there's really three parties there's what Aerith wants what sephiroth wants and what the planet wants the whispers are the planet yeah they're trying to 
preserve the Final Fantasy VII timeline because they won. I mean, they got what they wanted. Like, Sephiroth didn't destroy the world. That's what they wanted. Yep. <laughs> Aerith was able to stop Sephiroth, but she didn't really get what she wanted because Sephiroth becomes a part of the life stream himself. And I guess he's like so stubborn that he doesn't get like, he doesn't dissolve into it completely. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what a lot of the novels are about. Or like Aerith and Sephiroth and the she's life stuck, stream. She's stuck forever in a room with, with Sephiroth who she's always hated basically. <laughs> oh great. You're here. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much, but for the sake of this. Sure. Yeah. Based on whatever. Um, so Sephiroth, in the like for, through most of the game, you think that Sephiroth and the whispers are actually in cahoots, not cahoots, but like you don't really think about the whispers acting independently of Sephiroth. It does. Take, yeah. It takes you a while to get it's that not yeah. until Barrett is killed by Sephiroth that the whispers intervene and bring Barrett back to life where you're like, oh, they're definitely not together, you know? Right. It, the whispers do so, save you a couple of times, though. But that's because. The Whispers 100% have their own agenda. Right. You know, independent of Sephiroth and independent of Aerith. Right. Um, So, yeah, but the the gist of it is, you're right, it seems like the Aerith that we have in this game has already lived the events of Final Fantasy VII. She's coming back trying to change the timeline. She wants to change it, and she's never upfront completely about you, but even at the very beginning of the game, you get it where in playing Final Fantasy VII, the original, at the same time, mm-hmm. or close to it, you see things like, in Final Fantasy VII, you guys meet completely coincidentally. Like, you bump into her in the street, I right? do remember that, yeah. In this game, Aerith is already at that intersection, and she's waiting for you. Like, she's literally waiting for you at the beginning of the game. It does, yeah. It definitely seems like she's, like, in the cloud right away, like, mm-hmm. in a weird way. And yeah. then Sephiroth shows up and tries to, like, distract Cloud like he has one of his like vision things, but then Aerith even starts to make like kind of a scene herself, just to, like make sure cloud comes over there. Right. And then uh, they have their conversation or whatever. And in the, again, in the original game at this point, after they do like the little flower exchange, mm-hmm. Aerith just walks right away in this game. It's very clear that Aerith doesn't want to leave. She's trying to stay and talk to you some more. Yeah. And that's why the whispers actually will rip her away, you know, or she runs away. She runs away from the um, Yeah. And that's because the whispers are trying to preserve the original events, which is cloud and Aerith meeting there. But Aerith is definitely trying to do something more deep than that. Like she's trying to change something there. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, And then you have a few more moments that moment. I didn't notice when I was originally playing. It wasn't until after that. I was watching the cuts. I've, watch so much final fantasy <laughs> i've literally rewatched all eight hours of cutscenes of this game as well just so you know <laughs> damn um the first time i was confused where i'm like oh something's going on here for sure with the whispers is when cloud and reno fight in the church mm-hmm. um there is no fight there in the original game it's just a conversation and when reno is knocked in he goes he says something along the lines of like no you don't get it i'm just trying to and then the whispers wisp him away and like throughout the whole game there's these moments where like the whispers are trying to just stop people from telling you shit yep. <laughs> just like uh they do the same thing with hojo um later on in the game where he's gonna tell cloud hojo, what he hojo really is. is like you're not a soldier like because 
Hojo knows all this. So he's like, oh, oh, he goes, oh no, you're, and then the whispers pull him away yep. because he's not allowed to know yet that, you know, again, we haven't talked about it too much, but technically Cloud has, is infused with the memories of Zach or whoever. They're Zoud. <laughs> um, Although they, they kind of let you know that at the end of the game, you kind of get a really heavy feeling that you're Zach. <laughs> I, I feel. The ending is that we didn't even talk it's about a little cloud, obscure, but yeah. cloud Zach stuff. I don't understand what the fuck's going on with timelines now. Because <laughs> Cloud, because Zach is supposed to die mm-hmm. in that battle. Um, yes. You know how he's fighting everyone off mm-hmm. there? In Crisis Core, he dies there. Okay. And then Cloud goes to Midgar, where the game picks up. Picks up. So in this game, he survived that. So who knows what that means for the future. Flashbacks, reusable... Maybe they're going to do Final well, Fantasy 2 also takes place in uh, 7, 2 takes place in Midgar, and there's going to be 12 Final Fantasy 7s. Well, you say flashbacks, but the told, this is why time travel and like time streams always confuse me, because that means that Zach, if that's what happened, then Zach was alive throughout the whole events of this game, which means he can end up being a party member or at least a part of the story in the next game as well. Unless Zach just dies at a later time. Well, there's but no, in that flashback, there's. We don't know how long before that battle and then Cloud and Midgar happens this time. Well, that's weird too, because in the scene with Cloud, with the scene with Zach, you see the explosion that happens after you defeat Destiny in his flashback. And that's where, again, it just gets weird. I think that, because what I got was when at the end of the game, Sephiroth makes his portal and you all follow Sephiroth through the portal after Aerith makes it white instead of black. Okay. <laughs> You go through this portal, you're back on that bridge. I think that bridge is back during Zack and Cloud's battle time. The Whispers are just wherever you are. So now you're there also mucking up time. So the Whispers are, don't care about time. They're just always going to be wherever you're messing with it. Like the big, ugly, nut sack guys from Rick and Morty. <laughs> uh, once that battle ends, you get sucked back into present time. So for a brief moment, for story purposes of that cutscene to have Zack watch that, you're back in time. What, three, four weeks? Whatever. Huh. That's my thinking. So you think just during Again, that this is all just fight. our thoughts. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to cut this all out of the podcast because it's rambling and nobody needs to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that's possible. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way, that, that just that one fight happened back in time. Ah, this game is messy, man. <laughs> It is messy, but it's it is cool that they're doing that. That they're really like so, giving you a chance to at least, or at least making it seem like you are. But the director of the game has said before that he is not planning on doing a big rewrite on the game. He said the yeah, game, as you know, is going to well. still happen. So does that mean Aerith dies? But she doesn't have to die for the game to still still not have a similar story. You also can't believe anything that they say. That is also true. <laughs> they're all full of shit. <laughs> um. I don't know. Do you think Aerith still dies? I would hope I have a choice. I would hope they open up branching paths and that give you a choice. But that's going to be messy, too, because that's the one thing about this game is they don't have Mass Effect or Mass Effect. They don't have Final Fantasy 2, 7, 2 planned out yet. They're just in the very brief stages because they had so much problem making this game. Who knows if your saves are going to transfer over? Is it going to be on? It's going to definitely be on PlayStation 5 when it comes out. We don't have much information about PlayStation 5 in terms of their how backwards compatibility works. Just that the most popular games will be backwards compatibility. Not that your saves will transfer over anything else. So 
will it be like Mass Effect where I can play a full playthrough of three <sighs> games in a trilogy? And I don't know. Or will they just change the story and you have no choice? Earth lives or Earth dies. Or are they just going to tease us that you have the choice and then you never really had a choice, which is also very anime. <laughs> I can't imagine that they would give you a choice. Like, I don't see that. I don't know. I don't. I don't see. I. I think that Aerith is still going to die. Just the fact that, like. <sighs> between the conversation you have with her at the flower bed where she is talking like to you in the past tense. Like she just knows that she can't stop it, even though she wants to stop it. Yeah, like she knows it's inevitable. And I. I, I don't know, like my gut says that Aerith is still going to die. They're going to like try to bluff me out a little bit or something, probably where I think she's going to die. Then she doesn't just for her to die later or something. I can see that. Yeah. Um, Like some sort of you can't. You can't outrun it like some final destination shit, you know, like <laughs> you're supposed to die. here. <laughs> I don't know. And it's all. There's, I want to keep talking about it, but there's so much of it. And I don't, I don't know how to like articulate it. And it's so messy. And, and I, I don't know. There's don't, a lot going on. I don't know. I just want answers. I just want another game. Yeah. I want another game too. Like this, it's like, as soon as I finished this game, like I started playing on hard mode. I downloaded final fantasy 15. I downloaded kingdom hearts three. <laughs> uh, I, I downloaded Persona. Well, I was going to buy it anyway, but Persona 5, I'm just like, I need more RPG content. Like, I want more. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of like in this weird, like, paralysis right now where I don't know what to play. <laughs> but I just want more. <laughs> it's It sucks because it's going to be a long time before you get more because they did not expect this to be a hit, apparently, which is what I was reading. They expected this to fail because it went through two different companies that they fired. They threw out the entire game, started from scratch. And they did not have big expectations. So they were going to wait to see how this does. And now there's this huge clamor for it. And I think we're going to wait another five years at least for the sequel to this game. Ooh. And that's going to be rough. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. What are your hopes for the sequel in terms of maybe gameplay? Or do you want open world? Do you want cl- more chapters like this? That's so in the original game, mid after Midgar, the game opens up massively. You get the helicarrier pretty much right away after that, right? um sure i don't know i don't remember helicarrier <laughs> i just remember being i just remember that's where you get to the world map like, yeah where you can literally just go places that's what i'm thinking of nine but yeah. yeah i don't i don't know i don't remember helicarrier i remember sid has an airship but that's it yeah okay <laughs> i think he calls it like, the glider or something like that. okay airship yeah whatever so i don't know like i from post midgar the only thing i really remember is there being a town called calm <laughs> <laughs> it's spelt with a k <laughs> um and Aerith dies in the city of the ancients, I think. But I don't remember like when in the games those things were, or I can't tell you how far into the final fantasy seven. I want the game to go. I have no idea. I would like it to still be as linear as this game was, because I think this game did a good job of keeping me on a nice tight path while still letting me think I have some room to explore, but it's not really there. You know, it's just some empty alleys more than anything. (laughs) Um, so I don't want an open I don't want an open world Final Fantasy 7 remake part two or whatever they call it. Um, but we might get one. And I don't want to ride a chocobo around. So I, I, I really want to ride a chocobo. <laughs> but I'm cool with it being over a small plot of land. <laughs> do you think they just do the next city? I I, I hope so. I don't know how much story is in the next city, but like 
the problem with open worlds is there's too much to do. And the second thing with open worlds is it's going to take them 10 years to make this game. And it's it's not feasible and people are going to want this content so fast. And like you said, being stuck on a path is going to make you beat the play the game longer. And there's already 40 plus hours of content in this game and all the new game plus stuff and all the side quests. It's just you don't need more than 40 hours. Well, there's, of game. there's no new game plus. There's just chapter select. Chapter select with hard mode yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But you can't just start from the beginning, but unfortunately. I would agree with you, although I don't want... There are a lot of locations in Final Fantasy VII. I don't need a whole game that takes place on the casino island at all. Don't remember the casino island. Um, <laughs> three or four. But they'd have to be working on them all concurrently or something like that. Have the story written, have the gameplay like down pat I, I don't know i just want to see the game complete but i also would like to see my character carry over because the one thing i hate in sequels of rpg type games is now all of a sudden i start at i got my buster sword and it's like that's not what i used i used a hard edge most of the time where my material mm-hmm. i don't think that you're gonna get that mike i don't think i can get that it's gonna make me it's sad. Gonna be a fresh start it's gonna be sephiroth comes and hits you with a big cross slash and then you lose all your stuff sonic the hedgehog style oh you flash (laughs) well i was thinking more uh like mass effect 2 style where they no we just have to rebuild you from scratch (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know do you have any i assume we're way we're over two hours now probably we are over two hours now yeah yeah so let's just wrap this bad boy up what do you got i got that final fantasy we talked about doom eternal being that that would probably be the best game we play this year and that is clearly not the case because i would say that final fantasy 7 is at this moment we still have other games like ghost of tsushima or however you say it i'm very excited for i'm very excited about last of us part two the final fantasy 7 remake right now is is tops in my book and i was not expecting it to be so high on my mantle i think this game is is fantastic with all the flaws included it's just awesome Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, you're asking me where I would place it on games I've played this year. Is that what just your final is? thoughts? I mean, that's that's all. I mean, I've given you all my final runners response. <laughs> well, that's it. Um, no, it's it's fantastic. It, not to talk about COVID, but it's it kind of sucks that the beginning of this year has been so fucking strong when it comes to games between Animal Crossing, Doom, this. I mean, we haven't played it, but Half Life Alex is apparently. You know, incredible. I feel like I'm missing a couple as well, but there's just been so many good games and it just stinks that the last half of the year is probably going to be a wash, but we'll see how that plays out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, I'm, I'm tired. I'm yawning over here. Turn the mics off. All right. Let's get out of here. (laughs) So thanks for listening guys i'm sure this is uh no the- i told you to turn the mics <laughs> off <laughs> all right guys this has been another episode of two player bros as always i'm mike and that's dave <laughs> and thanks for listening <laughs>